raw meat. You do like raw meat. Please. If not, we can have some... No, that's fine. I haven't had steak tartare in a long time. Steak tartare? Oh, yes. Steak tartare. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Horror Cast. This is episode number 33. I'm your host this episode, Walshie, podcasting from my room of all horrors in Pittston, Pennsylvania. And tonight we are doing a cool little listener social media pick that ended up being the winners are, believe it or not, Waxwork was for the older one, that's 1988, and 2017's The Void. And uh, I just want to shout out to everybody that did vote. Uh, I seriously appreciate that. I'm going to start doing that more and more often, get you guys involved, because um, when I put a couple of those random picks up, I I know one of them was uh, brain damage. I, I thought it'd be close, but I'll tell you what, Waxwork took the cake. So you guys definitely want to hear us review that, and you're going to get that tonight. Also, this episode, we are back to our normal format, which is, of course, one older horror movie with spoilers, one newer horror movie without spoilers. We also provide new release updates, being that theaters, DVD, Blu-ray, uh, you know, anything that's worth mentioning. Uh, we also do uh, some convention news, hot topics, and which horror-related items we got our bloody hands on recently. So, now that I got me out of the way, I want to bring in the best co-hosts in the world. And first, the man behind everything horror cast, the one who drives this train from Southern Maryland, Mark Nato. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Not much. Just uh, looking forward to talking about these movies. The Void is one of my uh, favorites so far this year, and I know some people are pooping on it, and I got to have some words with you. And uh, frankly, I had never seen Waxwork. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. So uh, cool. well, you'll find out what I thought about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's bring in next... The man behind one of the best horror blogs on the internet. Seriously, go check it out. TheRevenantReviews.com. From Northern Connecticut, my buddy, The Revenant Vin. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up going on, guys? Uh, I feel like we're we're kind of taking baby steps out of the uh, the monster <laughs> palooza. Um, these are definitely... Uh, th- these two films are actually a pretty good send-off um, to our whole, you know, our monster celebration that we recently had <laughs> it's true like we didn't really leave it quite yet <laughs> yeah no we're still there we're still there and yeah. that's okay by me dude okay guys i have to let you know that uh once again the horror gal had last minute stuff going on so if she pops on she does uh we kind of hope she does i know you people must be missing her here so uh we'll see what happens there uh so if you hear her pop on we'll let her do her thing so mark nato what do we got for comments, reviews? Well, we got lots of interaction all the time on Facebook, um, but 
it really uh, helps us out when you guys take some time out of your busy schedule and sit down and, and write us out a review on iTunes. It helps us get noticed, helps us uh, when people type in you know horror uh, in the podcast search, uh, it helps us come up a little bit closer to the top. So we thank you for that, and we have two uh, new reviews, five-star reviews right now. Uh, you know, it's not all about that. We're, we're here to do it because we love it, but it, it's it's nice to know that people listen and appreciate. We have um, uh, 44 reviews right now, uh, 43 five-star reviews, and one four-star review, and uh, that was a good review. But um, here, I'm going to give you this uh, this first one here. It's The Perfect Mixture of Horror Fan Personalities by Dash Against Darkness. And this came in on May 26th. says, I barely discovered horror-themed podcasts this October. I thought I was all alone in my love for horror. No, you're not. Boy, am I glad to find out that I was wrong. The Horrorcast is my second-ever horror-themed podcast that I started listening to, and now my all-time favorite podcast. Hey, how about that? All the hosts have vastly different personalities and are brought together by their love for the almighty horror. Each host, host has their own unique take on things, and I truly wish that I could be friends with all of them. And not that I mind vulgarity, but I really enjoy that this is a clean horror show, unlike a lot of other ones that I've come across. I can listen to this in the car with my daughter and not have to worry about the host going off on unkid-friendly t- tangents. I finally caught up on all the episodes and just wanted to give my horror, my favorite horror peeps some love. Horror gal, thank you for representing us horror-loving girls. We need more of those. Walshy, thank you for your sweet-natured, boyish love of the genre. Hey, hey, there you go. You're a sweet-natured boy. Oh, how sweet. Yes. Mark Nader, you always crack me up and are so passionate and driven by your love of the genre. You inspire me to be a better horror fan. Van, I'm so glad that someone so analytical and scholarly joined the cast. I always enjoy your bios. I love the way you you all play off of each other and compliment each other. It doesn't feel like any one person leads the conversation or is the main host. It really is just a group of friends having fun, and I find you to be the perfect combination of horror lovers. Keep it coming. I love you guys. Wow. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say that. Yeah, that one's leaving me blushing, honestly. I just uh, just pulled a muscle from patting myself on the back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, that that's that's deep, man. To to write something like that, you, you know, people don't have to do that. And when, when you read something like that, you know what we're doing, it really gets the the gears going. It, it makes me happy doing what I do. It makes me want to continue doing what I do. And I really like that you pointed out in in the review there that you don't feel like anybody leads the show because I think that's what I personally want it to feel like. I want it to feel like a conversation, even though I quote host, I try and get off instantly. And get everybody else involved. So I'm so glad that you you picked that out and, you know, get an individual with each one of us and what you like. I mean, that's special. So, uh, you know, all hail to you. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you, Dash Against Darkness. That was great. Thank you very much. Yep. And then uh, the other one is another five stars. says, The Top of the Genre by Twitchy PDG. Thanks, Twitchy. As a longtime listener of horror podcasts, the horror cast quickly rose to the top of my list. The hosts are down to earth with reviews for the everyman. The audio quality is very high with Mark Nado, Walshy, Revenant, Van, and horror gal Susan sounding as if they're in the same room together. The content is great and come across as true horror fans. I cannot recommend enough 
And uh, he actually gives his name, Greg R. from Athens, Georgia. So thank you so much, Greg R. from Athens, Georgia. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, Another great one. We, we're constantly trying to work on the audio quality. I mean, we, we shout out to uh, uh, Mr. Watson over there at the Horror Corridor. That's incredible quality. Uh, we started off pretty rough, <laughs> recording it in mono. No, recording it in stereo, which I thought was going to be a good thing. But no, you want to record it in mono. But um, yeah, we're trying to uh, improve that all the time because it, it's difficult because everyone's you know, in different states and everything. And sometimes you're at the mercy of uh, Skype and, and uh, I, I'm, I'm learning as, as, as I go with the, the editing and the quality. So it's uh, very encouraging to hear that, you know, it, it's not horrible. <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. And, and I, uh, let me hop in here. Uh, I did not forget about the giveaway. Let's hit 45. One more review. Somebody give us one more review. I have an amazing package i'm just going to randomly pick it maybe i'll do it on facebook live um right on our you know on our our facebook page there uh, i'm telling you you're going to want this package guys i'm i'm not going to cheapen out I, I want you to be happy so let's get one more review in there and something's coming your way if you win okay so with that let's get into what have you been watching or what's in your mailbox Hey, Vin, what have you been watching, man? Uh, I didn't get too much watching in the last few weeks. Um, I did manage to see uh, 2016's Beyond the Gates, um, directed by Jackson Stewart. Um, you, most people have seen this one by this point, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's got a really good premise, really strong premise about the the haunted VCR board game. Oh, yeah. Um, the kind of thing I remember seeing all the time. On I never really got, got to play them when I was younger, but I remember the nightmare commercials and things like that all the time. Um, and... I, I enjoyed the film. Uh, I feel like the premise is maybe too large for its budget. Mm-hmm. You know, you can really feel its limitations at times, and it didn't feel quite like they knew where to take the film in the second half. Uh, but the the first half, I thought, was, was a really strong setup. Uh, I also... Uh, <laughs> I, I mentioned last show that uh, I'm, I'm chronically tired at this point. Um, so I put in, uh, I put on a 1982's Madman. Um, and you went right to sleep. 15 minutes in, I fell asleep. Uh, I tried a couple <laughs> nights later, 20 minutes in, I fell asleep. Um, so then finally my wife and I were grading papers and we put it on and we were just kind of staring dumbfounded at the screen half the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how we were able to get through. We had some good laughs, um, which is nice. Yeah. Did you like um, the, uh, did you like the hot tub uh, love making scene that was yeah I, sweet stuff yeah. original song by the director oh man i know you can tell uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah the, the hot tub scene was hilarious i don't know it, it's it, this is not a movie that I, obviously i'm not a hardcore slasher guy you know some people might just love this um for me i'd rather watch it with some good humored friends um because when i tried watching it alone both times it just kind of put me to sleep because i found it very slow very boring (laughs) very generic for the most part um but yeah within context of having somebody there to laugh with you i I think it's all right um and finally a movie that i thought that i had seen for years and then in the past couple years i realized i hadn't seen it and that's the exorcist 3 wow Um, you've never seen that yeah, well, that I have is now. so weird. I remedied it. 
<laughs> I just, well, just watched I was it just, too. I was just kind of under the impression that I had seen it for some reason, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then the more I the more I kind of started reading about it, I'm like, wait a minute, I never saw this damn film. Like, I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, I'm dying to know what you thought because I just rewatched it. All right, yeah, well, uh, okay, came out in 1990, directed by William Peter Blatty, who wrote the original Exorcist mm-hmm. novel. Um, wrote the, I really wrote the screenplay for the first Exorcist. Um, and this one now follows uh, Lieutenant Kinderman, uh, one of the characters from The Exorcist, and he's investigating a series of murders in Georgetown uh, that appear to have some kind of satanic motive. Um, and overall, it's it's a really cool procedural, and there is just an amazing standout performance by Brad Dorff. Mm-hmm. He was just phenomenal. You know, I mean, yeah, my, my wife, you know, she was watching this with me as well. And, you know, she had said she's like she was actually getting genuinely creeped out by his scenes. Uh, just the, the dynamism that he was bringing to those scenes. Yep. Um, yeah, I know that the the producers forced Blatty to add an exorcism scene. Um, and so and they, they wanted more clear connections to the original. And honestly, I think those, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, those end up being some of the the weaker elements of the film. Um, I think the other stuff is a lot stronger, uh, but overall, it's it's a really strong movie, and it, it stands on its own. It really doesn't need The Exorcist uh, to have it there to support it. It's true. Um, it's kind and, of a shame. I say that, that as The that. Exorcist. Yeah, yeah. I see. I say that as The Exorcist being one of my all-time favorite horror films. Um, mm-hmm. So, but no, Exorcist Three. It was a solid film. Definitely worth checking out. Really worthy sequel. Yeah, I love that film, man. Love it. That's so funny. I watched that too. Yeah, you see that on a lot of like underrated or underseen yep. um, lists. No, to me, I'm like, I thought everyone had seen Exorcist three, but right. obviously not. So maybe no. it deserves to be on those lists. It was one that didn't it. really get uh, television rotation, mm-hmm. at least yeah. not around where I was. I don't me remember neither. seeing it coming on television. Nope. Yeah. But it's got a good. It's got a great uh, Scream Factory edition. Came out. I was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Incredible edition. That's one of their. That's one of their best releases by far. Yeah, and that's it for me. Very okay, nice. awesome. Very all right, nice. Mark Nato, what did you watch? All right. Well, first of all, I want to say what I bought because I did buy a couple things. I um, had been waiting for the Black Coat's Daughter to come out on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So nice. first day that came out, I ran out and got that. I have not yet watched it, but it does include an audio commentary with uh, writer-director Osgood Perkins. So I'm like uh, really looking forward to listening to that as I watch it again. And it's got a featurette, uh, The Dead of Winter Making the Black Coat's Daughter. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in that, and I think you can pick it up uh, pretty cheap. It's not; it's under 20 bucks. <laughs> what in the heck was that? Was mine? <laughs> okay, I'm not sure what. What was it? I don't, it was like. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Oh, Mike, uh, foop. Somebody, <laughs> somebody fooped. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then I also this is a little bit late. It's it's been out for a little while, but uh, I saw it was on sale. I think I got it at Best Buy for like eleven dollars, and that's the Eyes of My Mother Blu-ray, hmm. which uh, I believe was one of Vin's top. Of uh, last year, right? Was it the? Was uh, it, where was it? I, I think it might have just broken into the top ten or something. Just broken. It, it was yeah. right around number ten, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and that's also it's got a um, interview with a director, and um, that's really about it. Uh, behind the scenes photo gallery. Uh, I would like to see that uh, movie in color. 
You know what I'm saying? Because it, uh, you know, I think it was shot in color and, and converted to black and white, but I'm not positive, but I think it would be cool to, to contrast. Uh, I, I definitely think the black and white yeah. is probably a great choice. I but, have heard that those who have seen those scenes in color say that it's not nearly as uh, affecting. Okay. Yeah. I just al- always like to, uh, you know, check that out for myself and, and see. But those are the two things that I bought. Uh, as far as watching, I uh, watched a, uh, a movie that's getting a lot of uh, uh, buzz right now called A Dark Song. Uh, this is mm-hmm. a uh, this is a tale of a uh, a grieving mother who decides to pay this guy to do this kind of ritual to help her be able to talk to her son again. Uh, And there's a lot of craziness that goes on it. it, This is one of these um, movies though, that will bore some people because it's not all up in your face. It's kind of a slow burn. Uh, I enjoyed it tremendously right now. It's in my top 10 of the year really enjoyed it um enjoyed the performances it's really only a a two-person movie uh and and it takes a while to for anything really um you know crazy to happen but it's a great story it's good writing uh good soundtrack good cinematography and i would recommend um that you check it out that's called a dark song checked out another movie this one is a movie that i was Looking forward to seeing because I, I don't want to say I'm obsessed with serial killers because that that sounds sick, but it, like the the mind behind a serial killer and like I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and and read true true crime novels and one of my and I, and I hate to say this one of my favorite serial killers that's not even the way to say it one of the more intriguing uh, serial killer stories to me is the Zodiac. Um, probably because he's never been caught, uh, and that's a little crazy and weird. And the fact that uh, did you guys ever see the movie Zodiac with Jake Gyllenhaal and Robert Downey Jr.? Sure, it's a good movie. Oh, yeah. w- one of my favorite movies. I mean, just such a great, great film, and it gets overlooked. But there's a new movie out. It's called Awakening the Zodiac. And basically, what happens is, in a nutshell. Um, this storage unit is sold and they find these home movies in the storage unit. And they are basically the home movies of the Zodiac killer who apparently had filmed his murders Hmm. and they track this down, you know, track the uh, owner down. And it's, it's one of those things where kind of like they track down the Zodiac killer. Uh, So, it's uh it's interesting. It's got some uh, pretty pretty well known actors in it, um, and it's not it's not a bad movie at all. It's uh, uh it's worth watching. I'd say it's a little bit above average, but uh, check it out if you're into the Zodiac or uh, kind of procedural like mystery type movies. I think you'll uh, think you'll enjoy it. Um, let's see what else did I watch? I watched uh, a movie. Uh, an Australian movie called Inner Demon. I'm not sure if you have heard of this. This is uh, it's kind of a low-budget movie, I'm pretty sure. The the director had made another movie called Family Family Demons or something like that, but 
this is uh, this girl and her little sister get kidnapped by these serial killers, and she escapes and kind of <laughs> runs to this house and hides in the closet, and it ends up being the house of the serial killers that <laughs> she runs to. Um, and it's just kind of like a reverse on Last House on the Left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's basically. Um, you know, her trying to survive, trying to save her little sister or whatever. And then there is a twist, which I will not, you know, say. Uh, watched Lake uh, Bottom again. I had seen it before. Again, in my top ten of the uh, of the year. Really liked that movie. Uh, so it is on Shudder. So please uh, check that out if you have Shudder. Uh, uh, shout out to Jerry Cortez, who uh, just... Got Shutter. Well, I don't know what he was waiting on, and he yeah, said, "Yeah, it's about well, time." Dude. Yeah, and he said, "What? Well, I'm not sure what I should watch first. And that's the thing with Shutter. You don't know because there's so much stuff on quality. Shutter that's quality and such uh, great to um, uh, to watch. Also, watch the movie called The Lure. Have you guys seen that? It's like the like L U R E. Yeah, it's like, it's like the Killer Mermaid. Yeah, I saw this. the trailer for that. Yeah, yeah t- slash musical slash. Yeah, I heard it, all about. It's a that. weird movie. It's it's uh it's it's definitely interesting. It's worth seeing. Um, rewatched the void. Uh, definitely uh, went and saw Alien Covenant, and we uh, put out a um a guttural reaction. Guttural reaction. Uh, to that, so you can check that out to hear my um spoiler free me and uh, Jerry and uh, Keith and Mike. So hear what we thought about Alien Covenant. So there, I'm sure I've watched other things, uh, but those are the things that just came straight to mind. Okay, guys, I'm going to hop in now with what I've been watching, and I can't get this monster palooza out of my veins. Um, and when we talked about Creature from the Black Lagoon, and I was telling you guys how I feel like part one and part two should be put together. So I actually ended up watching... Revenge of the Creature. Um, I think I said my piece on it. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. That the, uh, stars Clint Eastwood's in that, isn't he? Yes, he is. His first role. Yeah. That's his yeah. first role. Uh, still still <laughs> uh, haven't watched it. I need to watch it. I need to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, then I watched uh, me and Vin. I guess we uh, we were, I don't know how to say it. To our mind, thinking about watching the same stuff. So, <laughs> The Exorcist Three. You are uh, telepathically was, connected. That's the word. I couldn't. It was just not coming in my brain at the time. But there it is. But I watched Exorcist Three, the collector's edition. I watched all the special features. I did not watch uh, or listen to the commentary yet, which I'm definitely going to have to do because I'm dying to know how Duriff pulled that off. I mean, that man is such an incredible actor, and I think he's very, very underrated in Hollywood. I mean, us horror fans love him for what he's done, but he he could be in anything. I think he could pull it off. Even to this day, he's still a fantastic actor. Yeah, one of my favorite roles is is uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, dude, he's hey, really, he's he really sleazy and great. Creepy, in that, in, yeah. yes, creepy yeah. in that role. He is creepy. Um, then I got about halfway through my third season of Tales from the Dark Side. Um. Man, this season is like a bunch of stinkers. What I'm thinking about doing is instead of just going through all the episodes, I'm I'm probably going to do like a, either a little write-up or just talk about some of my favorite episodes once I finish up on that. And then finally, 
Other than the movies we're reviewing, I watched uh, Wishmaster Part 1 from Vestron's release. And, man, they did a beautiful job with that transfer. Um, and the audio, too. They they really fixed the audio from the original. Uh, so I definitely recommend it. I think the collection right now is only going for like $20 on Amazon at the time we're recording. Unless they changed it, but you can't beat it for that price. I know Best Buy put it on sale for about that, too. Maybe even a little bit lower. I mean, you're getting all uh, four movies and special features, beautiful set. Um, you know, Vestron's killing it, but that's really it for, um, what I, what I've been watching now, uh, Susan has popped on horror gal, Susan, and we gave her a minute here to sit back, relax and get ready. So horror gal, Susan, what's going on? How's how things have been going? Oh my goodness. Well, um, it's been very interesting. It's been really, really hot here in L.A., and, of course, our air conditioning went out. So I apologize for my lateness. We had AC guy out here fixing it. And um, I, I've just been running around like crazy, and I'm super excited to be back today. Awesome. Okay, so have you been watching anything uh, recently? And if you have, let us know. Uh, yeah, actually, um, I watched... Several episodes from, I want to say it was season three of Tales from the Crypt, because I have that DVD set. And so I watched several episodes of that. I also, because we're reviewing Waxwork, I have that on one of those um, eight-pack DVDs. So I watched Slaughter High again, and I watched part of Ghoulies 3, which I had never seen before. Oh, Ghoulies go to college. Is that that? Yeah, oh, I had five. never actually, I had no. never actually seen it, so I'm almost no. done with it, but I didn't get to see no. the whole thing. But I think hey, that yeah. was uh, nominated for an Oscar, right? It, <laughs> it, listen, that thing is amazing. <laughs> was, Susan, I don't know if you saw it. Did you catch the guy going down in the bucket uh, down the stairs? Did you see who that was in the way beginning? Isn't that Leonardo oh, no, DiCaprio? I, oh, I'm so no. sorry. He's yeah. in Critters. Like, Critters, yeah. It's Kane Hodder. Oh, with oh. his mullet, impressive mullet, I, I must say. But yeah, that's Kane Hodder flipping down the stairs okay. there. We'll be yeah, talking next more about him. We'll be talking more about him tonight. Yes, we will. I'm gonna hop in here with uh, DVD Blu-ray releases. Okay, let's say June 13th. We have Alienator coming out on Blu-ray. It is the most absolute 80s thing you can look at. Just check the cover out. Of Alienator, it is um, every '80s hair metal guy and and girls. I just I don't even know. Look up Alienator and I start st- laughing. What what is that like a a gun or a huge needle as an arm? What is that? Yeah, you tell me. You I don't know what me. that is, but but that looks fun. Looks like a big. <laughs> looks like he has a huge hypodermic needle for a for an arm, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Jan, looks fun. Jan Michael Vincent stars. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, exactly. That's it. Okay, then we got coming out on Blu-ray, same date, thirteenth. Don't look in the basement. I, I literally don't know anything about this film, though. Uh, have you guys heard anything about it? Uh, wait, no, I think, no, I, no. I think I've re- heard. Make it, wait, are you talking about a new uh, a new no. release or or a, re- a DVD release or Blu-ray release of the original one? Because the original yeah. one was from the seventies. Yeah, I yeah, think that, I think it's a I think it's the seventies. I've never yeah. seen it, Susan. How is it? Yeah, yeah um, I I have seen it. It has been a while. And then we got Don't Look in the Basement Two, which they did a sequel to it. We got that in horror pack, and it had the original on that 
um, yeah. does oh, really? well. This does yeah. too. This this, yeah, it, this is a double pack. Don't look in the basement in oh. part two on Blu-ray. Oh, okay, cool. well, there you go. maybe it's the one that we got months and months and months ago. Horror pack. Shout out to horror pack. I'm loving you guys. Um, but yeah, so I started to watch it again, and I feel like I had seen it before. It's pretty good. The original. Actually, I started to watch the original first, and I never got to part two yet. So, yeah, um, nice. but I, but it was pretty cool. You know, I mean, it's like if you like that kind of you know seventies horror. I mean, to me, some of that earlier seventies horror is almost more like sixties horror to me. Yeah. If that makes no, sense. I know, you know what I, mean? I know what you mean. But it no. has more that that vibe. That's of. from okay. the year the year of my birth, nineteen seventy three. A young psychiatric nurse goes to work at a lonesome asylum following a murder. There she experiences varying degrees of torment from the patients. Eh, looks like it's worth checking out. Yeah, that's probably something I might end up blind buying. Yep. Okay, yeah, guys. I mean, it's kind of a classic. I mean, it kind of a in a in a cult status kind of way, you know what I mean? Well, I'm always down for some 70s stuff, so I'll, I'll probably be checking that out. Okay, next we have from Mondo Macabre, we got Inquisition, and that's a, a movie that stars Paul Nashi. You know, the the great uh, Spanish actor. He's basically uh, the Spanish version of Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff and Lon Chaney Jr. He's played all the monsters. He's been Frankenstein. He's been the Wolfman. Um, he's been the Mummy. He's been a zombie. He's done it all. Um I have never personally seen Inquisition, but uh, Paul Nashi, that, that's some just great cheese usually. So that's mm-hmm. coming out. Um, then we got Madhouse. Everybody's looking forward to Madhouse. Uh, fantastic cover art from Arrow. Arrow is, oh, they're killing it, man. Taking over. The, yeah. They're taking over, they're taking over the top spot from Scream Factory right now. Well, I tell you what, my last five releases that I've, purchase because i've actually been slowing down a little bit um because most of the great greats have already been released mm-hmm. but arrow man i always tend to say this they always whatever they release they treat it like it's halloween 1978 or exorcist yeah they mm-hmm. give it every ounce of love they can yeah. and believe me if you guys have never owned an arrow by any release you will have a smile on your face well that'll lead you right into what's coming out on from arrow on the 20th yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get oh, into that. Oh, man. I can't wait for that. Yeah, dude. Uh, and, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, yeah, Arrow Man, just kill it. Anything Arrow releases, buy it if you're a collector. Seriously, you have my word. It, it, you're going to be happy. Okay, uh, next word mentioning, we got uh, another Stephen King triple feature. You, you, I used to see these all the time, uh, different movies in and out at Walmart. Usually on the like five dollar, ten dollar rack, you know what I mean. And this one is the triple feature of the Stand, which is a nice long one. The Langoliers, which is a hoof. Boy, is that a rough one. And then Golden Years, which I've seen once, but that's a kind of a different triple feature. Usually with the Stand, they put um, a couple different uh, Stephen King movies, so they switched it up. Okay, we got the Butcher Possessions coming out. We got Death Cam. Big Brother is watching Volume One, yeah. Then we got uh, ooh, Dry Bones is coming out also on the 16th. I don't know if you guys ever saw Dry Bones. Uh, I would say check it out. It looks corny from the cover, but it's actually a pretty fun movie. Then we got uh, Land Shark, 
they just always come up with something for sharks, and it's literally a shark swimming through the sand. You know, that's never been thought of. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so I, can't even, out. I can't even go there. No. Uh, and then truth or dare. Okay, 20th. Here, this, this is a pretty incredible week. Oof. Uh, Mark Nato, Arrow is releasing. The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Dario Argento. One of the coolest cover arts I've ever yep. seen. Yeah, very nice. Isn't that gorgeous? Um, another thing, they always give you a nice uh, poster when you buy theirs, uh, mm-hmm. their films. Yep. Okay? Then we got Screen Factory coming out with, you know, this is where you can tell, I, I've been saying, they're, they're getting towards the end of their line, but The Lawnmower Man, Collector's Edition. Um, believe it or not, I'm not even excited about that. Um, it's just not my type of movie, never was. And hey, don't hate on me. You, some of you guys might love it out there. Guess what? Though I'm still getting it because it's a collector's <laughs> edition. Really hate that movie. Still gonna buy it. But. Yep. Even movies that I can't stand. If uh, Scream Factory or somebody does a collector's edition, they might change my mind. I've had it happen before, and uh, especially with special features and stuff like that. Okay, we got the Island of Terror in color. Could you believe it? It's coming out on Blu-ray? Everybody's been waiting for that. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's what I expected. Dead air. Terrence Terrence Fisher and Peter Cushing directing and acting. Yeah. I mean, it's it's okay. But I mean it's but it's not like no one's like chomping at the bit. And you can tell that this thing is uh bare bones. But we're at the bat. It's not a special edition. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's going to be the movie. Who knows right. how much time they spent, like, restoring it and really, I don't, I don't know. Yep. No, I know, I know. Okay, a couple more here. We got Ag- Agatha Christie's Ten Little Indians coming out on Blu-ray. Um, that might be from Mondo Macabre. I'm not, I'm not sure. But then we got Prevenge. A lot of people, that has a lot of buzz right now. Um, Mark Nato, you checked out Prevenge, correct? Yeah, I saw. So did Vin. Vin talked about it a little Vin? bit last. Uh, yep. Yeah. Last episode. Okay. Yeah, it's not. It's not a bad movie. It's not a yeah, bad. It's movie. It's all right. Mhm. It's cool. worth. It's worth checking out. And I think it's. Uh, I think it's still on Shutter. Oh, cool, cool. All right, last one. I'm gonna really say that's worth mentioning is Scream Factory Surprise, the Paul Nashi collection. Uh, this is gonna be a, an awesome edition. I can tell you right now. Um, some of those lesser known films and. You're getting the werewolf one. You're getting the one where he's like the pan. You're getting the zombie one. You're getting the mummy one. Uh, it, it's going to be an awesome addition. Uh, once again, great artwork. Bunch of special features. So that is really it for what's coming out on DVD Blu-ray in the next couple weeks. Uh, we'll let you know next episode what else is worth mentioning. Okay, let's do uh, Magneto Theater Video On Demand. Anything right. good worth mentioning? Well, let's do the theater releases. Um, right now, I am jazzed. Is that a is that a cool word? I'm That's jazzed. a pretty cool word. It's 2017. Yeah. I think it works. I'm jazzed for June 9th, um, which is not about the mummy, which is also coming out the the ninth. But uh, it comes at night. It's coming yeah. out uh, on it's the ninth. Yeah, it looks really good, and I'm uh, anxious to see it. I'm still going to check out The Mummy. It, uh, oh, my. Yeah, I'll check it out. The second trailer that I saw, um, even though I try to avoid trailers now, I did 
happened to see this uh, second trailer, and it, it looks a little better. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see. I'm going to give it a fair shake. Um, and then well, also man. also on the ninth uh, is a movie that's been getting a lot of buzz over the past few weeks, and it's it's an early release, so that probably means it's only going to be available you know, in New York and L.A. for a couple weeks. But it's called Camera Obscuria. Yeah, have you heard this? Mm-hmm. Camera no. Obscura. Um, and I'm not even sure what it's about, but I've uh, I've been seeing lots of buzz about it. So June 9th, limited release. And then on the 13th, it'll drop on VOD. So if you want to see cool. this in the theater, you have to check online and see if it's playing in your area. So. And then the 16th is the year-old movie that used to be called In the Deep. Uh, it's now called 47 Meters Down. Stars uh, Claire Holt and Mandy Moore as um, a couple of friends who go uh, shark watching <coughs> in a cage. And, uh, yeah, get trapped down there and great white sharks abound. I think what happened is they saw um, the success of The Shallows. Uh, and they were like, ooh, sharks are in. Let's, let's, you know, cancel this, uh, which was, I think was supposed to be straight to VOD. Um, and they are giving it a theatrical release, which is very similar to, um, what happened. Uh, there was a movie that I don't even know if it came out last year. It's called Friend Request. I think I even said this on my, on the last episode. It's weird. Yeah, I think so. It either came out or we got, I got a screener or something. And then, um, it's, I saw a trailer. It's coming out at the movies this summer. So I thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> so, uh, and then on the 23rd of June is a limited release of a movie that has been getting a lot of buzz called The Bad Batch. Did a lot of, um, uh, festival circuits last year. And I think it's sort of like a comedy horror action type thing. And, um, yeah. So I'll be checking that out as well. And then the 30th of June is Everyone is Waiting with Bated Breath, Amityville the Awakening. <laughs> I keep Seems telling like you, I every keep, episode. I keep telling you guys, I think this Am- is going to be better than, than we're giving it credit for because it's got some good actors in it and they are confident enough in it to release it not in February or January, but in summer. So I'm, I'm thinking it's, uh, going to be at least a decent flick, but I could, could be wrong. Well, I, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there that, you know, the Amityville remake, I mean, Ryan Reynolds shirtless, it was absolutely fine with me. Uh, so my God, he was know, so sexy. Yeah, you haven't seen Mark Nato shirtless. Susan, don't they kill do. the dog in the remake? <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> No, that's the whole point. The whole point is that the movie I thought was not good at all, but Ryan Reynolds right. was shirtless, which cancels all the horribleness out. Okay. All right. So, so I'm saying that I don't know if you know Amityville 475, if this one is going to be any different than every other horrible Amityville, everybody using the name Amityville or not, but if they have something that is likened to Ryan Reynolds shirtless with an ax chopping wood, I'm, I'm probably going to be okay with it. That's mm. all. <laughs> he is so delicious. Oh my. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the only difference between me and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds shirtless what is it? 
what is, is it, Mark? that he has a six pack, I have a keg. That's <laughs> you know, so I've got more going on. You got a ladies, lot more ladies, <laughs> bring your bring yourself to the yard, you know. Milkshake, you know, whatever. Okay, let's go to VOD. Uh, as our listeners are probably very disturbed right now. Mark, even you're getting turned on by the thought of yourself. I'm, I'm going to tell you right good. now. I'm going to tell you right now. My nipples are hard. Yeah, um, I can tell. This is a June 6th release, uh, which is, what is today? Today's the 5th, so it comes out tomorrow. This is something that I've been seeing a little bit here and there, and I'm not even sure if it's a straight horror movie, but it's Marilyn Manson. Um, starring in a mo- in a movie called Let Me Make You a Martyr. Anybody ever heard of this? No. I did hear of that. It's um, more it's more of an action crime drama. Uh, it says uh, a cerebral revenge film about two adopted siblings who fall in love and hatch a plan to kill their abusive father. So not necessarily horror, but um, I think because Marilyn Manson is in this and looks horrific, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, he looks actually worse than he does when he has all his makeup on. Uh, I, I can understand why he wears his makeup. There's um, a reason. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that'll be coming out tomorrow. Uh, also, here, here we go. Ready? I'm going to list them. Uh, 200 Degrees. Not what that's sure what that is. Looks like a movie that stars Eric Roberts, um, <laughs> which is not a good thing. Uh, you know, uh, Aaron's Blood. After Death, Besetment, here's a good one, Child of Satan, um, Dark Signal, that one's been getting some buzz, um, and Patchwork, Sacrilege, which looks like a, a takeoff on The Nun from uh, Conjuring 2, um, and then uh, coming up next week on the 13th, The Belco Experiment, Camera Obscura, um, Documenting the Gray Man, Deep in the Wood. So those are and, and really the scariest movie of the year of the year coming out on DVD on the twenty on not on DVD but on VOD on the twenty seventh and that's uh, the fate of, of the furious that scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Vin, Vin Diesel's acting scared the crap out of me. So, um, but that's that's it, basically man. it for VOD and theater releases. So. Um, I think this summer is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for horror fans. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Okay, guys, I'm gonna hop in with the collector's crypt now. Well, she's collector's crypt. <laughs> and first of all, I'm gonna. It's actually a little bit of news too, but um, I need to push this all the way. Indiegogo, go on right now. They are making what I have always wanted, a Pennywise Story of It documentary. It is the team behind You're So Cool, Brewster, um, which is, of course, the Fright Night documentary, which is amazing. It is the team behind um, Unearthed and Untold, A Path to Pet Cemetery, which is an amazing documentary, very in-depth and uh as soon as I saw that, uh, them doing a documentary on a Stephen King material, and, you know, such a well, basically well-loved movie for the most part, amazing documentary. Uh, they did RoboDoc. They did, um, uh, 
what is it, 247 Triaxone, which is the one that is from Return of the Living Dead. So, I mean, these guys do the top-of-the-line documentaries. They're, they're really good. And could you believe it? It's like they heard my cries. They are making, the, that's the name of it, Pennywise, the story of it. Uh, and they got Tim Curry on board and about 30 other cast and crew members. Uh, wow. Tommy Lee Wallace, our man, is uh, on it as well. It already got funded within 15 days. Uh, it made its goal. It has some awesome rewards out there. Um, I got the Blu-ray and T-shirt package, like I did with the Pet Cemetery documentary. But the more money they make, guys, the more features, the longer the runtime. Right now, they're they're shooting for about a four-hour documentary. If you pre-order the Indiegogo one, that's pretty good. Four hours is, is incredible, you know. Um, and it's basically just the love of Tim Curry, what he did, Stephen King, and it's from the book, the movie, and like, uh, what is that, Chorophobia, I think, mm-hmm. uh, Fear of Clowns, and it's handling that too, so mm-hmm. get out there, you got a little bit of time, this episode is going to be coming out, well, you know, whenever it drops, it's not going to have a lot of time left, go and pre-order it. Yeah. I, think the, I think the scientific term that is um, red nosophobia. That is, that's what I would say. Makes more sense. Red nosophobia. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I'm so excited about that, man. Um, okay, next, I got my. I finally got in my part four. My NECA collection is growing out of control at this point. Uh, this is their third ultimate Jason figure, and it is the best Jason, of course. It is the final chapter from part four. Uh, what an amazing figure, man. Um, they already did the part three earlier in the in this year in 2017, and that one has like perfect reviews. It's almost the same mold, but it, when they unmask, it has the perfect face. These are uh, six inch scale figures, but they're collector's editions. They're meant to be put up. They're not meant to be opened, you know. Technically, uh, that just came out. So, guys, get in on these editions if you're a collector because wow, are they growing incredibly fast and. Now they just announced the Chucky Ultimate Edition with like nine different uh, accessories, uh, real cloth clothing, really, really, really great stuff, man. Neck is the best, and they're cheap, which you can't beat. Yeah, but, they really are. Yeah, yeah, I, I know you have some Neck stuff. Oh, I saw oh it. yeah, I uh, I pre-ordered the uh, the final chapter one, but I haven't gotten it yet. But some people have already received it. Yep, I got mine. Oh, you it's, did? It's great. Oh yeah, yeah, I got it. It's yeah. up on my wall. Yeah, it's great. You're you're gonna love it. Okay, um, I picked up Blu-ray-wise. I didn't get a lot of movies in the last uh, couple weeks, guys, but I did get Arrow's release of Evil Ed. <laughs> did you guys ever mm. see Evil Ed? I've never seen it. No. I've never seen it either. <clears throat> All right, it's it's a Walshie movie. <laughs> so, uh, Vin, you're probably going to hate it. Mark Nader, you're probably going to be like, what's Walshie talking about? But I love this movie, guys. Uh, just... It, uh, Ghoulies go to college type stuff. Over the top. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mos- like, mosquito? Mosquito yeah, type stuff? Yeah, mosquito type. Awesome stuff. Yeah. <laughs> B-movie, <laughs> B-movie magic. They're, yeah, man. There's just something about those type of movies. Um, Evil Ed is it's a really a cult favorite. And once again, Arrow did their complete love edition of it. Um, so I've been having a blast watching that. Uh, I also pre-ordered The Lost Boys retrospective hardcover book this um the guys that have been doing the documentaries brewster the ones i just mentioned a little bit ago 
are now doing collector's editions hardcover, like giant oversized coffee table books on different movies. I have their American Werewolf in London one, which is sold out. They only do really low print. Uh, it's about 300 pages, all unseen photographs, interviews. Uh, they did uh, Return of the Living Dead. They did almost all of them that they did the documentaries on, but they just released The Lost Boys for pre-order. And this book, the artwork, the pictures, it's going to be great. I can't wait for that, to pick that up. Comes um, with a, uh, a free 8x10 of uh, Tim Capello. <laughs> it might. It the, might sa- the sax man. It might. Yeah. It might. That guy's still going around to conventions doing that. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's he's set for life, set for life in the in the horror community. We got you, pal. We oh, got we you. Took care of him, right? <laughs> right? All right. My last thing I want to really mention here is I have finally been playing. It was released Friday the Thirteenth, the oh. game. <laughs> yes. Finally. That's oh. it. That was in the news, but let's just talk about it right now. Yeah. Um, how how uh, do you like it? How do you like it? All right, well, let me just start off and say they were not ready to launch this game, number one. Um, it was not ready at all. Uh, I don't know if you guys know how games release. They usually do an alpha build, then they do a beta, release it to people, get feedback, fix whatever the feedback was, and finally release the final build. Um, they expected about 30,000 players, which is a lot um, for such a small team, like five people that made this game. Um, they expected around 30,000 players to hop on the first, you know, on the opening week. And it destroyed the servers. It was almost 100,000. They weren't even close wow. to what they thought they were going to have. Um, it, on Twitch right now, which is a huge streaming service, uh, it is the number one played game. It is, it was a such a rough launch for the first few days. They got their stuff together. They were vocal with the fans, the supporters. And they fixed all the stuff. They're still working on other things. But let me tell you, man, now that it's running, it is an absolute blast to play. It is so fun to be Jason. I can't explain to you how fun it is. The Just the abilities that you get, uh, the timing is perfect for each match. Um, it's Of course, it's more fun to play as Jason. But once you play as a counselor and you upgrade your stuff, you could get some really fun things going on, trying to get the car ready to go, the boat ready to go, um, calling the police, fixing the phone line. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And they even have Tommy Jarvis come in with a shotgun to help save people. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. and guess what? And guess what? Tom Matthews actually is the one who did the voice. Oh, really? <laughs> it, yep. And uh, Kane Hodder's the one who played all the Jasons. They have about six skins right now. Um, I, I could talk about it all day. Uh, I actually got to hop on today with our buddy Scott Crawford, uh, you know, big listener, always sure. been on our social media, and he hit me up today to play. And Scott is from the Horror Drunks podcast. We played for almost a whole hour. We had an absolute blast. He's doing a review. Um, so Scott, shout out to you, man. Guys, go check out his podcast. Uh, and if you guys are out there, I have my PS4. And my name is Red Ruger 4. Simple as that. Search me. Let's play together. I'd love to do something on Facebook, get everybody together, and have a whole eight-person team play for a little bit. Um, I have to ask this. Red Ruger. Is that that like Scooby-Doo saying Fred Krueger? 
<laughs> I never even thought about that. Red Ruger. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's what it sounds like to me. You know what? I never even thought about that. No, my dog's a red-nosed pit bull, and his name's Ruger, well, that, and he's four. That's what it is, man. That's Scooby-Doo saying Fred Krueger. Come on, yeah, man. that's cool. That's actually pretty cool. I never thought of that. Okay, double entendre. But, uh, yeah, all right, a little bit long-winded there on the game. But, um, yeah, guys, go out and play it. Support this game so we get the single player and all that good stuff. So that's really it for the collector's crib. All right, well, I want to talk about some news. That news. But, but before that, I did forget uh, a movie that I saw that I wanted to give a little shout-out to. I got a... a a screener for a movie called Trans The Transfiguration. Have you guys heard of this? Yes, I did. This is this is a movie that um it's being compared a lot to Let the Right One In. Yep. Uh, be- because it's adolescence and it deals with vampirism, uh alleged vampirism. Um and it, and it's more of a a gritty like urban low budget um I'd almost say like mumblecore it's not a it's not an action-packed like horror movie uh but what it is 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 a it's a great story um it's a it's a good story about a a a kid and um this girl that he meets and one of them might be a vampire maybe and uh yeah so there's definitely some some um inspiration there from let the right one in but it's more of a uh more of a gritty uh, urban type uh, thing. They, they live in the inner city, and and the the young boy uh, that I spoke of, he's he's African American. Uh, so it's it's there's a lot that's uh, similar, but a lot that's different as well. So uh, it's definitely definitely worth checking out. So I just wanted to shout that out because I had forgotten that I had seen that screener. So yeah, I gotta watch that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. So cool. Um, in the news, uh, we all know that uh, you know the this mummy thing that's coming out, Universal, uh, you know, relaunching all their their monsters. Uh, they're calling it now the Dark Universe. Yep. Um, and thank God that that Dracula retold or untold is not going to be part of it. I know, right? Uh, they're planning a, a new Dracula, a new Phantom of the Opera, a Hunchback. Uh, I know in this um, Bride. This, this movie, yeah, Bride of Frankenstein, which, Wolfman, Wolfman. Well, I'm not in, you know, I'm not interested in that because Dwayne Johnson is going to be the Wolfman. I'm not interested in that at all. Um, mm. He's just somebody that I just don't don't care for as an actor. He shouldn't be in our world. No, no, um, you know. Uh, Russell Crowe is playing uh, Henry Jekyll in yep. this new Mummy movie, so I'm sure they'll spin that off to a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type thing. So, you know, they're really seeming like they're going to go all in and do all of these movies. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yep. All of it. Invisible Man. So I, I hope, I hope, man, that, that it goes well. And I just wanted to share that because uh, that new – that new term, dark universe, is kind of new, something that they're calling it. Second thing, uh, Adam Wingard is now set to direct the Godzilla vs. Kong. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a pretty good director. Uh, I'll forgive him for Blair Witch um, and, and and just kind of chalk that up to 
I don't know. I don't know what I'll chalk that up to, but uh, I'm not. I'm interested to see Godzilla versus Kong because I was one that enjoyed the remake of Godzilla, and I, I, I really, I really enjoyed Kong Skull Island. Um, yeah, dude, this could I, work. I, I don't know what else you want in, in a Kong movie. It, it was. I mean, I, I heard people trashing it online. It was so popcorn movie. So predictable and so you know, shut up. Yeah. Okay, just shut up. Yeah. It was a fun movie. The effects were great. Um so I I really think that uh it's something that we have uh to look forward to there and, and it's a it's a good director for that. Um new trailer out for the T V series The Mist, and I'm pumped. Yeah, for dude. This. It, yeah. Let me say something, Mark. The first trailer I was like, yeah, no. Yeah. Eh. Were you like that? I was because it didn't show too much. It looked and boring. What, what the mist is about. No, it looked, looked boring. Yeah, they listened to us fans, man, and released what we wanted to see. I am super pumped. Yeah, and, and uh, so this one definitely looks a lot um, better. Uh, we will get to see this premiere on June 22nd. Um, at 10 o'clock Eastern time, and that's on Spike TV. Can't so, wait. Yeah, so that tune in. Tune in. Everyone tune in, man, because they see that people want to see this. You know, don't don't wait for it, yep. uh, because then it's not going to get... Um, it's you push. Know, yeah, it's push. And I, by the way, this is kind of old news, but I was shocked that The Exorcist got renewed. The, yeah, the I TV saw show that. The Exorcist, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was really good, and it was on the bubble. Like it, I don't think it was going to get, but all of a sudden it did. So I'm very, very excited about that. Any any horror TV, any horror TV, I'm excited about. Um, don't mean to make light of this, but uh, um, Toby Hooper, did you hear about this? Yeah, man, crazy, absolutely was, crazy. Yeah, uh, allegedly viciously beaten by his ex girlfriend. So, uh, ladies, stop beating on your gentlemen, okay? <laughs> it, uh, it, that, that kind of stuff goes both ways. Domestic yeah. abuse goes both ways. So, uh, so hopefully he's, uh, you know, in a better place and, you know, safe. I'm not she sure. She really, she really like beat him too. His face was pretty, pretty Yeah. She's lucky that he doesn't just go all leather face on her. So. I, I know. <laughs> that's, yeah, you that's don't, right. You, you don't mess with. Tobe Hooper, um, which I hear a lot of people call him Tobe. No, are you serious? Oh, yeah, I've heard podcasts. Tobe Hooper. Um, (laughs) I don't understand why this keeps happening, but Tales from the Crypt reboot is not happening again. Yeah, I saw that. What are they they doing? I just don't think they have the faith in it, man. Uh, People want this. I I, I know I wanted it. Get it going and, and let it sink or swim and they they put so much crap on tv that yep. nobody wants to watch but then they they don't give a chance to something that's you know uh i'm just I, it pisses me off dude uh, i'm you don't think we're all pissed off i mean hearing that we're getting something so iconic being remade by a visionary man like you know m night shamalama bing bong and, <laughs> and it, nothing comes out of it yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is. It, it sucks. It's, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things where it keeps getting 
greenlit and then canceled and greenlit yep. and then canceled. It's yep. going to happen. No, it's not. It's going to happen. No, it's not. Well, I've been seeing a lot of people like, oh, screw that thing. There's no Crypt Keeper. Like, that, you know, they were doing their own version mm-hmm. of some, you know, you can't bring that same character back. If, if you can't yeah. do it, you can't do it. It's about the episodes to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you can yeah. have the Crypt Keeper all you want. If the episodes suck, the, that's it, man. It's not going to, you know. And then the last thing is, um, this is something that we've talked about several times on this show. Uh, producer says Conjuring 2's Crooked Man, um, will possibly I be s- getting a, a sequel or a spinoff. I so, saw that. Yes, and that's what we mm. thought. That's what we want. That's what we wanted all the way. Uh, instead of the nun, which is already, yep. yeah. you know, in, in production and that, I'm not sure when that comes out, but, um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. That would be uh, that would be excellent. Yeah, I so, think so. Yeah. So that's it, man. That's that's all the the horror news that I want to chat about. Okay. Very good. Rocket engine burning fuel, so 
Okay, we are going to get into our first review of the night, and we're going to start off with the newer movie, and just to let everybody know, this has no spoilers, so relax. We are not going to spoil it. Um, and it is The Void from 2016. It holds a one hour, 30 minute uh, runtime. It says not rated on IMDb, but I would definitely classify it as R myself. I think most people would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, it is considered a horror mystery slash sci-fi. It was released on April 7th, 2017 in the United States. That doesn't make sense because it says 2016 and then the release dates uh, later. Yeah, I think that's just when it was filmed. I don't filmed, know yep. They, well, I don't know why they do that. Okay. It holds a 5.8 star review out of 10 at just about 10,000 reviews. And let's do the synopsis. Who wants to handle that? I'll do it. I'll do it. Go, go on. Uh, the Void. Shortly after delivering a patient to an understaffed hospital. That's an understatement. A police <laughs> officer. <laughs> that's like the same hospital from Halloween 2. Halloween 2. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so after delivering this patient, uh, a police officer experiences strange and violent occurrences seemingly linked to a group of mysterious hooded figures. Okay, cool, cool. All right, let me get uh, the director here is Jeremy uh, Gillespie. 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 Yes. Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky. Excuse me. Uh, The writers, same, Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky. And it stars Aaron Poole as Daniel Carter, Kenneth Welsh as Dr. Richard Powell, Daniel Fathers as the father. We got Kathleen Monroe as Allison Fraser. We got Ellen Wong as Kim. We got Mike Bikeskov as the son. We got Art Hindle as Mitchell. Stephanie Belding as Beverly. James Millington as Ben. Uh, man, it goes on and on. Um, we'll, we'll leave it at that for right now. Okay, Mark, play the trailer. Let's roll it. Hit it. Do it. Haven't you ever wished to save someone beyond saving, no matter what the cost? This is uncharted territory. The body has to adjust, of course. We weren't built for this kind of thing. You'd be surprised at the things you find when you go looking. There is something calling them all here. People get in here, what are we supposed to do? You saw it? What was that? Do you know where you go when you die? I do. Uh, okay, guys, let's get our first impressions for The Void. So, um, Vin, what were your first impressions? Uh, I'm pretty sure after I had seen it, I texted you guys something along along the lines of, uh, this is so far my favorite Hellraiser movie. <laughs> so perfect. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, it, <clears throat> it definitely, it exudes that. I mean, it, it's all, not just that film. I, I think, I'm sure that we'll get into all the different films that it seems to be paying homage to. Uh, but really, I mean, the number one star of this is the practical effects. And, you know, I, I had my issues with certain aspects of the film, uh, but I, you can't deny the glory of 
some of the the images inside that film. Um, and that's really what I what I walked away from the first time I saw it. Great. All right, I'll tell you my first impressions. Um, we actually got lucky enough uh, to watch a screener of this uh, before release, which I was super stoked about with all this hype. And you know how movies go with the hype train, man. Uh, we tend to get let down a lot. <laughs> and um, personally, this was an exciting movie for me. It 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 personally it got me excited for horror and. Uh, it brought back so many great feelings and memories from previous films, previous years, and it's just a mishmash of all different favorites in our genre, in a way. Um, and I just got it. Uh, that's my first impression. Uh, Horgal, how about you? What was your first impressions of The Void? Oh, well, I'll tell you, you guys. Um, I actually saw it. I mean, I know we got the screener, but I had not gotten a chance to see it yet because of my schedule and whatnot. And I actually got to see it in a theater here in Hollywood um, with Count Dracula. Oh, wow. Count Dracula and Horror Guru. Shout out to my horror YouTuber friends. But um, I, I'm telling you, like, seeing it in a theater, I, I'm going to be really interested um, for how our reviews are because I feel like it was so much more immersive seeing it in the theater. Sure. It and always is just the sound design and the special effects and everything was, was really, really impressive. Um, and, mm-hmm. and like you said, I mean, my first impression also, it's like Halloween to the beyond HP Lovecraft. I mean, so many Hellraiser, obviously like so many different things that you were like, Ooh, there's that and there's that and there's this, yeah. and, you know, and different things like that, that it was almost like, you know, where's Waldo or something in a way to me. And, yeah. um, and I really, I really enjoyed it. And, um, I know we'll get into like some of the, the, the massive things theme or thematic differences that people have uh, with why they did certain things or didn't and things like that. But um, I I didn't have a problem with any of those things, and I, I really had fun with it. I really enjoyed it. Okay, very good. Um, Mark Nato, what were your first impressions? Yeah, first of all, I'm extremely jealous that you live in L.A. and got to see this on screen. Old. Yeah, I mean, I... Um, I was conversing with, uh, I guess, their marketing team uh, who was pushing this movie on on the Facebook page. Uh, and they were saying, you know, The Void comes out today, whatever. And I was like, yeah, but it's not. Where? And it's <laughs> where? I mean, yep. I think the closest to me was Pittsburgh. First yeah. of all, why are you going to show a movie like this in Pittsburgh right. and not in Washington, D.C. slash Baltimore? <laughs> I'm not sure, but not not nothing against Pittsburgh, but I'm saying w- just put it in in all the major cities. Right. But because I I believe this is a movie that really screams to be seen on the big screen and uh you know, we originally saw it on a screener, which is, you know, no I'm not poo-pooing the screener, it was great quality and I really enjoyed it and then watched it on my big screen TV, but man do I want to see this on a big screen. Um, so that's, that's just a little thing there. So, um, my first impression was this is my favorite movie of the year so far. And I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't see anything dethroning it. Um, cool. I just think it was, uh, really well done. I can't say enough about the, um, the practical effects and just, uh, the, I just love that Lovecraftian, uh, kind of uh 
you know, themish, uh, themish. I don't know what that is. The Lovecraftian type theme. Uh, it, it just really all came together for me. I liked um, all the visuals, all the acting, the the uh, the music. I liked it all. I really did. The setting. Um, it was just very interesting. I was extreme. One of the things that, about it is I was just I was shocked that I was watching this. I really was because I was expect I was not expecting something i didn't know going into this that this was a practical effects you know showcase uh i I didn't know that i just thought it was just another movie and uh man man was it good um yeah and i want to say this because this is a lot of the talk that i hear um and, and by the way everyone is entitled to their own opinion but this is just my opinion but i hear a lot of things like this movie is too it borrows too much from, say, Hellraiser, um, you know, The Thing, whatever you want to say, every, all the comparisons. Here's the thing. Every movie, every director has their influences, has their, you know, it, something always comes from something else. Okay, this is 2017 and, you know, nothing extremely brand new is really going to come out. I mean, everything is, you know, uh, from something else. And I don't think this was a rip-off at all. I think, if anything, it was more of an, uh, an homage uh, to, to all those movies. And, um, man, I, I really enjoyed myself. So that was that's my first impression. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely highly derivative, but it definitely it wears those influences on its sleeve. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not trying. It's not trying to hide them. No, you know, no, it's very upfront. Right. So I mean, yeah, that's why I didn't, I'm kind of with you on that. It does feel a lot more like an homage rather than a a theft. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to say? Like every slasher that was ever made, it, it, well, that's, let's that's, just say well, that's that. just like Jason and Michael. That's not no. Well, you, you, yeah, you, but is is the movie good or is it not? But don't don't you guys think that there's just a certain Un, unspoken, unwritten, just this feeling that you get when you watch a film and you know whether it simply influences that they're tipping their hat to these films and directors before that have influenced them or if they're just trying to do a cash grab and rip them off. I think it just translates like you can just tell. And in this movie, it just, like I said, it seemed like little Easter eggs for, for real horror lovers to me. It, yeah. it didn't it didn't seem like it was encroaching or infringing on on these other films or trying to steal from them because they had their own spin on stuff, you know, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree totally. Let me, let me, I have to say, like, it's just this internet, like, hatred. I, it's, it's unbelievable. Nothing could be good. Nobody could be happy anymore. And this is just a little soapbox thing, but it's so annoying to me. Mm-hmm. Everything is wrong with everything. Mm-hmm. And people just can't sit down and enjoy a movie without picking it apart anymore. And you know how happy I am to hear all four of us took this and respected it as a viewer um, and being huge horror fans that we are. I think we could say that and we got enjoyment out of it. So it's got to say something for it. Um, it's just hearing the people that talk or they're so loud. It seems like they drown the lovers out. Um, yeah. I hate that. And I hate well, that. I like, I like, for instance, uh, somebody, I don't even remember their name on Facebook was just trashing this movie. Oh, this is just a copycat of all this stuff. And, whatever 
And then, like, the next day, we're talking about how great the movie Pool Party Massacre is. Yeah, like, see, like, that movie, that movie, 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 first of all, Pool Party Massacre is a movie that has been made 8,000 times. It's a slasher movie. And by the way, it sucks. It looks like it could be, uh, you know, filmed in the backyard by my baby sister. I mean, so I don't understand, like, I I think because it's good and because it's popular and because it's it's getting attention, uh, it sucks. Yeah, but, but don't you guys also think that there there are different types of horror fans, and there are a lot of horror fans that don't want to go deep. They don't want to have to think. And like for all of us, I think that the four of us, we can kind of compartmentalize and say, I respect this as a B movie or a movie that's so bad it's great. I respect this right. as a as a horror comedy. I respect this as horror sci-fi, and I respect this as a slasher movie. And I know that it's not going to be, you know, some, you know. Einstein type film, but I think that there are people that that's the only reason that they want to watch horror, and that's totally fine. Everybody has their own reasons for loving horror and their own types of subgenres of horror that they enjoy. And I think that maybe this on a was a more cerebral thing. It makes you think. And a lot of people want to just kind of let go when they're watching a horror movie, if you know what I mean. Maybe, maybe that is what bothered them. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, I you know, I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on it, but I think sometimes, you know, oh, maybe you, when, when there's something that's really heady like this, where people are like, "Wait, why is this happening? Wait, I have to figure out why it's happening." Some people just get irritated by that, like they want to be told. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So well, there's. There's the there's a type of horror fan. That's all they want to see. They want to see boobs and blood. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I just want to see some some boobies and somebody getting their wiener chopped off, you know, or something <laughs> like that. You know, but that that's not what me. I mean, I like those sorts of movies, but I like this sort of movie as well. And right. and, and and I don't think that has to be. I don't have to choose sides. You can like both. Um, and just because something, I feel like it's um. You know, like Creed in the '90s. Remember them, the the yeah. band. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they came out with that first album, and that album kicked behind, and, and but no one had heard of them. And then when they got popular, and they had like a bunch of top ten hits, they were the worst band ever. They suck. Nobody. Yeah. They, you know, and I, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying that Creed is the best band ever, but what I'm saying it's that sort of effect yeah. because it's popular, because it's getting the attention. We're gonna trash it um, yeah and, yeah it's, yeah but I, I hate that because i think you can really let's let's get into some likes and stuff because well that's I, yeah yeah I, I, you can really see the care and the the effort that went into making this film yeah um i mean just the fact we harp on this and harp on this just the fact that they took the time to go practical it needs to be stated, though, Mark. Yes. We can when talk they, about it all the time. It needs to be stated, yes. man. When they could have saved time and money yep. by just hiring somebody to throw some CGI crap on there. Yeah. And, and and they did such a great job, like with the with the way these creatures, monsters look, like just the design aspect. Let alone the way it was shot and the lighting. I mean, I really did get a creepy feeling seeing. And hearing the first monster. Mm-hmm. 
I thought and that it, was super effective. Yeah. And and it was so artfully shot. Like right. I didn't even really feel. I mean, and this is obviously no shade on horror movies because hello, I'm a huge fan. But I didn't even really feel like I was watching a horror movie. <laughs> I felt like I was watching, you know, this art piece. I yeah. mean, to it's that fun. extent that yep. everything, yeah. the imagery just like stuck with me so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I saw yeah. it months ago and I, it still sticks with me. Yeah. And I think that I'm not sure, probably just because of the, the practical effects is why it's being compared to the thing. Because it's yeah. not really the same type of, type of story at all. Maybe, maybe because of isolation or, or, or being trapped yeah. in there or whatever. But it, you know, it's not an alien type. So I'm uh, not the, you know, I guess you could read into that, but, um, I think some of it has to do with the way the creature looked. Yeah. There's this kind I mean, of like, yeah. you yeah. know, amorphous, you know, kind of, it vaguely resembles a human, right. you know, but it's got tentacles. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think yeah. I can definitely see the thing influence with but, but, a lot but of the what, creature design. I mean, does that mean that every, every creature in a movie that has tentacles is just copying from the thing? I mean, no, but ten- a combination yeah, of yeah. certain things. Yeah. But, but like, like horror gal was saying, not really feeling like you're watching necessarily just a horror movie. You're, you're watching a piece of art. And that's the way I felt when I watched the thing, you know, for the, for the first time. I mean, I, I, I realized I was watching something, you know, even, even better than just your run of the mill right. horror movie. And that's the, you know, the vibe I got from this. And, and please by well, no means think that, you know, I think this is, you know, an instant classic. It, it, it could end up being. Uh, a classic, but um, you know, I just think that uh, it's it's well deserving of the praise and the accolades it's getting. Um, what what else do we like, Walshy? Come on. Well, well, I, I the number one wor- the number one thing that I get out of this movie, and it's a it's a it's a chicken noodle soup. It's a combination of everything, and it all comes down to the vibe, the vibe of this movie. Which, which I, what I mean is the look, the feel, the sounds, the lighting, the colors, um, everything about it, it just has this vibe, this feel that works so well. Um, and it gives you this off-putting feeling. Even when nothing's going on with a character, you still have this weird sense, which I give so much credit to the, the team that made this film because to do that, after me watching so many of these types of movies, to get that vibe that I get from very certain, very few movies, they did it for me with this. And it, 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 I know it sounds kind of lame to just put it under one word, but that's all I can really write down. And I think you guys know what I mean when I say just that vibe it has throughout the yeah, whole like the thing. The atmosphere that's created. Yeah, it makes you uneasy. It makes you... It makes you tense and and kind of uneasy. Like what? Wait, what's going to happen now? Yeah. And it's just this like getting in under your skin and sticking there for the whole ride. I thought at least. Yeah, for no, me. It does. I mean, I mean, from the very first scene, right after that, that, oh, yeah. that scene, that scene is like, what the heck is going yeah, what's on? What's going on? You yeah. know, um, like wait, what? What? Yeah. What's happening? I mean, you're you have to pay attention to this movie. That is one thing I will say to anybody who's going to watch this movie. This is not a movie that you put in and you go to the kitchen and you make some popcorn and you come back and then you go let the dog out and you come back. No, you need to sit down and watch this movie all the way through. If you don't have time, like don't don't watch it until you have time to watch the entire movie straight through because yeah. you'll 
you'll enjoy it a lot more, I think. Yeah. And there's not that typical, like, exposition dump. I mean, maybe a little bit at the end uh, to explain a few things. But, but you need that. But, yeah, you know right, what I'm, right. but you know what I'm saying? There's not, yep. like... Um, on and on. It, 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 you you kind of have to pay attention and try to try to unravel things for yourself. And and by the way, I, I didn't see what happened coming. I, no, I, I no, didn't. No, 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 I was no. like, okay, what in the world happened there? Yeah. Um, and then it's it's good to go back and watch it and see if you can see clues as to what the reveal was or how you know did they and they did give little Easter eggs and little little hints here and there, but. Man, uh, it, I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the um, the cult aspect. Yeah, that was great. Oh, man, that imagery when they first show those hooded figures, and we can say that uh, since that was in the synopsis. Right. <laughs> the hooded figures are revealed in the synopsis of the film, so we can say that. But the first reveal of those, I was like, damn. Like, yeah, it, it hit creepy. me hard. Mm-hmm. It was like, whoa, you know, and I it really painted a – Freaky picture. <laughs> no, it's yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, really, sc- really scary. Yeah. I mean, yeah. can you imagine? First of all, we've already said that there's, you know, creatures in this movie. I don't think that's any like huge spoiler. Uh, if you're hearing about the void, you've probably heard about this. But can you imagine being in a situation where you're kind of in a in a abandoned hospital, basically, uh, with just a few people and 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 a pregnant lady, Ugh. and 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 these hooded figures that just seem to want to hurt you, or you know, they're after you, or what are they trying to do? They're trying to keep you out, keep you in. What are, what's going on? It, it's that's well, a why? that's a yeah, frightening why? situation. That's mm-hmm. a frightening situation. Any any time that you know people in hoods, I don't, I'm, you know, don't like it. Don't like it. No, you're right, man. Don't uh, like it with the Ku Klux Klan. I don't no like bueno. it in the void. You know, no that's bueno. what right. Yeah. So, well, I Vin. think for... Go ahead, Vin. Go ahead. I want to. I want to hear some Vin. Me too. He's yeah, too. He's, he's too uh, silent. He Is he napping? <laughs> Get in here. No, I, I was listening. I mean, I, I I'm seeing other sides to some things that you're saying um, that I'll save for the other part of the discussion, uh, but. You know, a, a like for me is something that we haven't touched on yet. It's just kind of the narrative structure, how it, it hits it hits the ground running, you know. And these characters start off in a very difficult situation, and then it just keeps on making it more difficult. You know, the the stakes just keep on raising. Yeah, um, I really right. like that. I like that that escalation in the film. Just when you think things can't get any darker, they kind of throw something else crazy at you, uh, and that was terrific. And then the incorporation of those Lovecraftian elements that you had mentioned. Love it. You know the this cosmic horror, you know, that I I really like. Um, And I, I have my own thoughts about why Lovecraft is so, I think has become so relevant lately. um, And why I think it speaks to people at this point, but um, I, I really like the, the incorporation of that. And I thought it was a terrific, you know, there's not a lot of great Lovecraft films out there. Um, there This one, this one I thought really helped to kind of, you know, it's not purely Lovecraft, but it touches on, that like it, it makes me hungry for more more of this kind of thing you know more mm-hmm. kind of lovecraftian you know people messing with things that are just completely beyond our ability to control our understanding and especially things that i think are generally not evil in intent but just indifferent to our suffering <laughs> you know these yeah, things yeah, are just nice. bigger than us they're older than us 
Um, they're not out to hurt us, but they just don't care if we're mm-hmm. hurt. They don't that- care if we're destroyed. Um, and I, I think that that's, that's something that the horror genre needs to tap into a little bit more at this point. Yeah. yeah. I, I that's totally a good word. Agree. Go ahead. But that's a good word. Cosmic. Cause that's, that's actually in, that's in what the, it is. is it the, um, the, the tagline? Pure cosmic, um, dread is one of the, um, things that's on the poster. I'm not sure who said it, but, and, and, and well, I, yeah. I'd agree with that. Yep. Yeah, Lovecraftian horror is, that's what it is, it's cosmic horror, and tell you what, the lore that they built into a one hour and 23 minute movie is incredible. Um, there's a lot of things running through your head as a viewer. Um, do all of them get answered? No, but we'll get into that. But for the lore that they built, um, and I like how uh, uh, Vin touched on it, but uh, I like how it starts off with all natural problems. Um I'm trying not to spoil anything, but, you know, natural things, human versus human, let's say. Um, things that happen in life that'll take you down or a bad circumstance, something happening. Um, and then it just goes to this unnatural, uh, bad circumstance. Like Vin said, it goes from bad to worse. Um, and I like how they built this lore in that. What makes it get worse? And when you see, you know how, like, another thing I want to say is, I absolutely loved the color coding of this film. The different blue hues, these deep, deep sapphire hues, especially when we see otherworldly things or these certain shots of the clouds. Uh, it goes right back to that cosmic horror feeling. And I think the art direction just killed it. It's incredible how good those images are. Um, mm-hmm. Real quick flashing. The, like I said, the deep sapphires and the dark, dark, dark contrast of blacks. It's just the perfect color setting for this type of movie. Yep. Yeah. Bueller. Bueller. You there? You there? <laughs> um, well, what else what do people have to throw to- out there? Well, we, you know, it's very hard without to talk spoiling. About without, yeah, that's the thing, without spoiling things. Yeah, this yeah. movie, this movie yeah. is really hard well, here, to talk about without we can spoiling. Do this. We can do this. Direction, score, effects, acting, sets, cinematography. This is stuff we could talk about. Um, yeah. That is not going to spoil anything. And well, everything I just mentioned, I would say, is pretty darn good. I agree. Yeah, the I mean, score. I, I, yeah, I thought the score was good. Mm-hmm. I thought that uh, the setting uh, again. I love the 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 hospital setting, and I know that that's. I'm not sure if that's an homage to Halloween too. I mean, maybe it is. I um, hope it is. I you hope. think it is? I mean, it could because be. But that even the even the way they kind of lit it in some of these scenes where you're seeing the halls, it, it feels it, like to, yeah. to me that they, they really they really kind of recreate. I mean. Whether they intended to or not, they really kind of recreated that whole feel of that abandoned hospital that's not supposed to be abandoned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be a regular hospital on a regular night, but you've never seen one like that anywhere else, you know. Yeah, this isn't a spoiler, but I mean, the hospital is, it's in the process of being closed down because they're switching to a different building. Mm-hmm. Because this hospital had, had suffered a fire in like the recent past. Um, so you have very few people, but then when they go into those sections where there is fire damage, you know, and it just, that incorporated with all the kind of crazy, almost supernatural things that are going on, it just really kind of helped to, it kind of turned it from this, uh, dreary, um, you know, hospital setting to almost something more gothic as it went. 
when you start getting mm-hmm. the charred walls and things like that, it starts I feeling more that. like they they could be they could be going through like tunnels in a castle or something at that point, you know. Yeah. So like it's it it really it, it kind of created this this kind of gothic sense as they they explored the hospital more and kind of went deeper in. Yeah, yeah and e- even yeah. just having anyone there to me was completely <laughs> because you know if you think about it in real life, if that actually happened, they would move all the patients and the staff to split them up amongst other hospitals while something was you know being rebuilt or whatever. They're not gonna leave like you know. So that aspect alone was just had a creep factor to it. <laughs> this yeah. hospital is yeah. really in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not real. sure what they were doing. <laughs> we have some up. of these in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Really, that's a real thing. It's a real thing. Basically, if you get hurt or you're having a problem, you're screwed. Yeah, you're just you're just (laughs) you're screwed because you know that's one of those. Well, you got to get to the hospital. You um, go on about six miles down to the Dairy Queen and you hang a right and then go three miles to the to the chicken shack and uh, you know you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, I guess there are places like that. You know, real small towns or um, rural settings where, you know, you're just kind of like set apart and alienated from, from a lot of, uh, you know, civilization. And that's, that's one of the things I like best about horror movies when, when um, you're, you're alienated and you're set apart and you're not, mm-hmm. you don't have all of the, uh, uh, the great uh, tools at your disposal. Um, uh, uh, things like, you know, Halloween too, or things like, um, um, 30 days of night or something where you're just trapped. Uh, and, and I, I just, I really enjoy that. And I'm, there might be people that don't enjoy that. And maybe that's why there are people that don't like this movie, but everything that I really enjoy about a movie, this one seemed to hit all those buttons for me. I did want to shout out. Uh, it's not really a shout out, but uh, I'm looking at the IMDB under reception. Yeah. And this is a Canadian movie, by the way. That was originally um, uh, funded on Indiegogo, I believe. Uh, and there's a, a paper up in Canada called The Globe and Mail. This rag gave the film two and a half stars out of five, Okay, which would be <laughs> basically 50%. Um, critiquing the plot as hard to follow and that the creatures in the film are low-lit because of budget realities. What? And the film was unsettling and not jokey at all. Well, oh, wow. Oh, my God. What, were, what were you expecting? Wow. Dumb and Dumber? They I mean, come the on. Movie. If it was unsettling, guess what? It worked. <laughs> That's what a horror Sounds movie like a is supposed movie to be. Yes, wow. a horror movie is supposed to be unsettling. So, you know, whoever wrote that at the Globe and Mail, screw you. Yeah, you're a douche. He's a real douche. <laughs> you're a douche. All right. Uh, I just had a couple things that I got out of it, which I really liked. and I don't think it's really spoiling. If it is, we'll cut it. But um, a couple things that I got out of the story is I think it's like there's all these different themes of like it's a story about what like grief does to the mind. Um, yep. About yep. it's It's a story about trying to answer that, like, age-old question of morality, um, or, like, no more death. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a story about, like, I, I, if I, I, I wrote this down, I don't know if it'll make sense to you, but, like, atheism's God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and about defying science. And I got all these things out of this film. Yeah. Well, more like man is God. 
right you know uh, right atheism god we're it's the only limit is is you know how far you're willing to go that's how right. far you're willing to take it but yeah yeah but i got I, some I deep stuff that. out of it man i i really did and as for likes i mean i'm i really could say i, I really enjoyed this this film front to back uh we'll get into dislikes in a little bit anybody have any more likes I mean, I've gotten more, but not without. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it. Yeah, so I'm I'm not going to. That's where I'm at. I have so much. I could talk for two hours, but it's spoiled the hell out of it. (laughs) Exactly. Too bad we can't because we could get some deep, good stuff. But uh, we're going to be fair to the fans, the listeners. Uh, Vin, any more likes, buddy? No, we covered them. All right. So let's hop into dislikes. Um, Mark, how about you? Is there anything you didn't like about it? I want to go ahead and hear Vin. Because I know he's got more issues with the movie. I don't. Yeah, I want to hear it. I, I'm trying to have. I need to watch this like three or four more times. Um, because honestly, what you said before, Walshy, and especially as you know, I guess we fancy ourselves horror movie critics, right? Uh, that's why we do this podcast to share with people and to talk sure. about horror. And it's hard to watch a movie without being critical of it. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Like a lot of times Absolutely. in the, the line of, you know, podcasting that we're in everything that we watch, we approach with a critical eye. Yep. I, I didn't do that with this. Yeah. It, it, it totally sucked me in. Yeah. And, and I, I wasn't really like, you were just actually, enjoying it. Yeah. To actually really critique it and, and, you know, get to the nitty gritty and say, okay, you know, that could have been better. I need to watch it three or four more times. I really, I really do. Cause I don't want to paint a picture that this is a perfect movie, but to, to me, I really enjoyed it and I can't, I, I can't really give you any dislikes that, that okay. I have. Um, okay. So I want to hear, I want to hear Vin cause he seems like he dissected it a little bit more than I did. Well, let me just say right before, uh, before Vin, before you come in, uh, I think this movie works on second and third viewings. I think it gets even better. Right. <laughs> uh, that's rare, man, for a movie to do that. I'm not talking a movie you didn't like and then you saw it ten years later and you're like, oh, I, I was in a different mindset. There's so much uh, that you could pick up uh, story-wise uh, on a second viewing, which I did, that really blew me away. I was really impressed by that. Okay, so yeah. Vin, oh dislikes. wait, you guys though. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt too, but oh, since ahead. I really, I really only have one tiny dislike <laughs> because we know Vin will will go, ha- you know, be able to go more in depth with his. Um, I'll I'll just put mine out there. The only thing that I could possibly think is maybe a little bit more backstory on a couple of the main characters, and not necessarily to spell it out or tell us, but in little subtleties or in little actions and whatnot. Um, it might have been nice if they would have fleshed it out a little bit more. But again, like you guys said, mm-hmm. maybe on a second or third watch, I will see what I didn't see the first time too. Yeah. In that respect, so so that's okay. Cool. I, I will say this, and this is just me really racking my brain. And I, and I think that it's this way on purpose, but I think there are some shots that just are a little too dark, maybe. Um, but I think, you know, I, yes, did they do that to kind of mask monsters, practical monsters or whatever? Yeah. But so that might be something that some people might, you know, I, I never found it to be way too dark, but some people might find it to be too dark. But I think that. You were talking about the the blue hues and and at the end that red, oh, 
light. I mean, wow. I mean, I yeah. think that makes up for it. So, anyway. Okay, seriously, this time, Vin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me preempt it by saying that I've only seen it once, so I haven't had the chance to do oh, repeat okay. views. Okay, gotcha. So, there is a possibility that some of the things that bothered me the first time would be remedied by me catching things on a second viewing or third viewing, whatever it might okay. be. Um, however, okay, just some of the things that weren't setting well with me, and I think it's just worth saying this for listeners who haven't watched it yet. Um, these might be things that they come across that would also bother them a little bit. All right. Um, I think I love the visuals. I like the overall plot. Um, I think the script, though, is kind of threadbare. Uh, some of the twists rely a little bit too heavily on characters just seemingly kind of coming together by coincidence. Um, or the things that they find, I don't know. Like it, it's, there's a scene where a character finds a box with things in it and is like leafing through them. And as he's doing this, I'm just thinking, was that box always there? Did, did it, you know, did somebody leave that box that time? Because that's something that you wouldn't just leave out in your office, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Again, they trying to be cryptic here. Um, and yeah, I think Susan had mentioned that a lot of the characters, they just don't seem really fleshed out well. Um, it, and I don't think, I know Mark, you said that you liked all the acting. There was some of the acting that I wasn't crazy about, and I didn't think that it really transcended uh, the limited writing for some of the characters. Um, yeah, it got me thinking about The Thing. And The Thing is one of my favorite movies. And on paper, those characters in that movie, you don't know much about them at all. Um, but something about the character actors and what those performers bring to the table in that film, you really feel like you know those characters. And I didn't feel that in this film. So, it, sorry, you want to say something? Well, I, I think yeah. that um, I didn't. I didn't say that the acting was like incredible because the acting in the thing is incredible yeah that's a whole right yeah so that's what that's that's like a bar that i didn't (laughs) go into the movie expecting the void to to jump over or to even meet um so yeah but i i can i can see where you're coming from yeah and it's i'm not saying that it's about meeting the standards of the thing i'm saying that you need that kind of acting capability in order to make up for the limits of the script and not that. having a lot of character development, yep. you know? So, I mean, even like, you know, there, there's this connection that we're supposed to be feeling between the main character, you know, the, the sheriff and it's either his wife or ex-wife, right? It, yeah. I don't remember I, exactly. What I don't know is. if they're, I don't know if they're divorced or, or what. Yeah. Or, again, they don't really tell you. I don't think from what I remember, yeah. um, but it, we're supposed to be feeling a connection between them, but I didn't, I didn't feel like the, connection was really established um so anyway you know it was you had mentioned that the theme of grief which is definitely it's definitely there but i didn't think that it really got explored enough or it was integrated well enough into the action um, to really make it all meaningful you know i I hear you and i this movie i i could put this on there dislike could have used another hour yeah (laughs) it it really honestly this movie is something that i would love to see a sequel for or a like, I want to see, I want right. to see, yeah, yeah, or either way, you know. Right. I, I'd like to see this world explored more. Uh, it, um, me too. Yeah. Because the film feels like a setup rather than yeah. a complete arc to me. Yeah. Uh, I get that, dude. I totally Yeah, yeah because well, I feel like they, they kind of kept adding elements but not really resolving them or yeah. <laughs> not exploring them deep enough. 
But see, no, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind. I don't think everything needs to be completely tied up in a bow, and and because maybe maybe they're, you know, wanting to do a second part or explore the world, uh, you know, more. Um, well, yeah, I see both. Of course, sides the way filmmaking is now, you're never guaranteed a second film. So that's right. Yeah, you know, yeah. you and, you should make and, everyone. You know. But see, I don't, I don't agree with that because you make the film that you want to make. And you, yeah. because I've seen films that say, uh, what, I forget what it is that we, we watched. And I, and I remember us saying they didn't think they were going to get another, you know, green light for another movie. So they put everything they could into this movie, like that in the kitchen sink. And that screws up a movie. But I can, I can see where, where, you know, people think this is a little bit more all set up and not as much delivery. And, um, well, know. there's just so much war, like there's so much war in this film and it doesn't have enough time. That's why, I, that's why I kind of said, you know, it could use even like another half hour. Um, yeah, but to me, if you, but, if you throw another half hour in, people are going to say it's too long. It's well, too, I was just going to say well, that. It, so, it, so where's it the allowed, line? It allows everybody to formulate their own, you know, what I like about it is what I like about reading an actual tactile hard copy book is that it does allow room for your own imagination to kind of be spurred to take over and think of what you you know what you think about this and what you think this world is and what you think the dynamics are and and all of that and i think they kind of i mean to me it seems like some of it is left open-ended like that you know purposefully so that people can interpret it in different ways yeah i like i like what we got but i could totally see wanting more um answers i could see i could see both sides of this so i'm kind of like in the middle like i'm 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 happy with it i'm comfortable with having to connect the dots plot wise for the most part you know mm-hmm. and you know what's going on supernatural wise i mean again these when you're dealing with the lovecraftian cosmic forces you shouldn't be expected to understand everything because that's part of the horror is not understanding is yes. having things beyond our understanding beyond it, um, yep. mm-hmm. what i would like more is them to i don't feel like i a viewer should have to do the work of trying to connect all the dots with characters you know mm-hmm. yeah. i think the filmmaker still needs to make the characters uh you know, the, something that we you. can connect to. Um, and again, it, I know that if, it sounds like, I mean, you guys asked me my dislikes. It sounds like I'm just kind of crapping the entire time here. No, no, uh, no, 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 I know, I know that you, I know that you like the movie. Yeah. You don't think it's perfect and you have some issues with it and that's fine. That's fine. I don't, I don't have any problem with anybody having, you know, issues or ways that you think the movie could have been better, but, but to say, it's a failure and to, and to say that, you know, it, it's a complete, you know, mess and that's a rip it, off. That, yeah. That, that's, that's where I have a problem. I mean, yeah. Cause I, those I'm, people yeah. have not seen muck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or bye bye man. Bye bye man might have <laughs> uh, replaced muck. So, <laughs> you know, I think I've given more airtime to bye bye man than muck so uh i need they, to are not, they cutting you a check you have an affiliate phew, code for that i need to promise never to say bye bye man again okay because you're not supposed to think it or say it so that's right <laughs> all right anything else that we dislike before we move on because we got another movie to talk about 
I got a few more things if you wanted to hear them, but yes, I want to hear them. <laughs> I got a few things that I'm going to tell you. What's this? Uh, is this? Um, what's that? Uh, I mean, just really quickly. All right, the the cultists I thought were really creepy, but mm-hmm. they ended up being purely a device to keep them in the hospital. Yeah. Um, I really wish that they were utilized more. Yeah, it's they they were, they were just a device that they couldn't leave the hospital, and that's really all that they ended up being. Um, and they and, could have been so great yeah. if they used them in story. Like I love what they, I love their purpose. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's cool and creepy that they're this, like I said, like a gate or a fence locking them in. But uh, man, I wish we got a little backstory with them. But see, yeah, I liked, or at least I liked they that. Did more stuff, you know. That yeah, I mean, liked that. I didn't. I don't think they needed to do any more. That that was their job. Yeah, but why are it they in that? Keep, what are they doing? You know what I'm they're, saying? They're in the cult. Uh, I, that would I, be spoiling as to why, but they're there to keep them in so that the real horror can happen. The real horror isn't them coming in and stabbing you or, you know, oh, there's a guy in a hood. Ah! You know, their job as a cult member is to keep these people in there so the real thing can go down. That That's just what I got. I didn't, I didn't care if uh, if they did any more at all, but hey. To each their own. Yep. <laughs> and the last thing was just uh, the arguing between the two groups in the hospital. I just thought it, it ended up going on way too long, um, and I wasn't really crazy about how it how it went. Um, I don't know. There's especially the the one character, uh, the the older gentleman with the beard. Um, mm-hmm. He came in with the mute kid. Who I thought the mute kid maybe should have had more focus. I, I would have liked to have yeah. known more about what what went on with him, but. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't connect with that actor. Um, he, I felt like he was making choices and acting that I would make, and I'm not an actor. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's it, it was kind of bothering me and distracting me a little bit. Um, and just the tension between the two groups. I'm like, all right, just get it over with, guys. Just, you know. <laughs> it, it, I, I wish that those those characters had kind of come together just a little bit quicker because the, the angry bantering back and forth got kind of old for me. Um, but again, okay, so I'm, I'm done. I'm done with my my dislike. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Okay. You, you hater. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just oh, kidding. fair, dude. Fair points. Absolutely. Okay. Um, how about trivia? Any trivia? I just got a couple small pieces. We're not, you know, I don't want to get into too much because again, things could contain spoilers. But uh, just a little little homages here, there. Of course, H.P. Lovecraft. Um, influence uh particularly the call of cthulhu um there's also um there's a scene at the very beginning where uh, a nursing resident kim played by ellen wong uh, she's opening uh, she's in a room a patient's room and, and there's scenes from night of the living dead on that on the tv yep um, oh yeah 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 uh and then uh if you um really dig down deep there's another uh, movie that this gives a lot of homage to, and that's uh, Prince of Darkness. Yeah, yes. I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, again, not it's not a ripoff, but it definitely you can tell these writers and directors really, uh, you know, were, were huge. You know, Lovecraftian, Carpenter, uh, and and even Clive Barker fans. Yep, and they respected it. Yeah. All right. So let's get into our scores, our ratings here. Um, Mark Nato, what is your rating for The Void? Yeah, I'm going to say that um, this is a 9.5 out of 10. 
I can't say it's a, a, a perfect movie. Um, it, it's if I had to put this up against the witch, I think the witch is almost a perfect movie, like ten out of ten. This is this is a nine and a half out of uh, out of ten for me, and I and I it's still at the top of my my list. I can't. You know, we'll see. Maybe something will uh, knock it off its pedestal, but we'll see. Okay, very good. Okay, uh, horror gal, what is your score for the void? I I really enjoyed it. I give it a nine out of ten. I mean, that's you know that it, for for the way that I rate certain things and and everything. I mean, that's pretty good, especially and that's saying a lot for the movie because horror sci-fi is not my favorite subgenre. So to me, that's like. Really, really a good score considering my own personal yes. influences and and likes and dislikes in general. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think everybody should. If you're a horror fan of any kind of horror whatsoever, I think you should watch it. If you can see it on the big screen, do uh, whenever and however you watch it. Make sure you just sit and give it your full attention and watch it all the way through. And and I think that you know. When it comes out, I I would recommend owning it for sure. Nice. Okay, uh, Vin, how about you, buddy? What is your rating? Um, I'm gonna come in with an eight out of ten. Uh, it's and a lot of that really has to do with the visuals. Um, it, eight out of ten is kind of the kind of movie that I would not mind, you know, repeating my views. Uh, and I do want to go back to this film, especially for those visual effects, which I really loved. Um, it, it's the story that I have kind of a hard time with sometimes. You know, one of the things I had to ask myself was, okay, the, those effects were amazing, all right? But if those effects had sucked, is the rest of the movie strong enough to kind of stand on its own? And it's not a question that I can answer yet without a repeat watch. Um, so I look forward to going back to it. And right now I would say 8 out of 10. Okay. Uh, okay, well, my score is, it's kind of funny because on my first watch, I actually wrote down a score because I knew we'd be doing this one day, actually, um, whether listeners picked it or I just picked it. And I gave it an 8 out of 10 on my original score, but like I said, this is one of those rare occasions on a second uh, watch. I got a lot more, not so much answers, but just a lot more into the into it. I, it's, it's hard to say. Um, it just... Maybe it did answer a little bit more, but I noticed more things that I might have not been looking for, um, and I find that pretty fascinating. And the way it connects to the end, where on a first time view you might be like, "Hey, what what really happened, or what's what's going on there? What what's with the drastic change?" It makes a little more sense on second or third watch. So it actually jumped up a whole point for me. So I'm giving it a nine out of ten, um, and this is an absolute must buy. Uh, go on Diabolic. Uh, dvd.com please support that company by the way um they sell everything that us horror fans want uh from all around the world all the best limited editions uh they got the rights to the blu-ray so go out there and buy it man support it it's got special features so uh you know that's what i'll leave it at nine out of ten and it's absolute must buy and that's gonna do it for the void hey love horror movies Handpicked by experts, psychos, demons, ghosts, the occult, zombies, killer kids, black magic, vampires, shutter kills, Netflix on selection, screams on demand, shutter.com.
Okay, guys, we are back. We're going to get right into our second review here, and that is what you all picked, Waxwork from 1988. It is R-rated, runtime of about an hour, 35 minutes, considered a comedy horror, uh, released on June 17th, 1988 in the United States. It holds a 6.2 star out of 10 rating with 8,500 reviews. And the director is Anthony Hickok. We got the writer, same, Anthony Hickok. And the stars, Zach Galligan, our boy from Gremlins, uh, mm-hmm. as Mark. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Bassey as Mrs. Loftmore. Joe Baker as Jenkins. Deborah Foreman as Sarah. Michelle Johnson as China. We got David Warner as Waxwork Man. <laughs> wow, that's the name, huh? We got Eric Brown as James. Um, we got Claire Carey as uh, Gemma. Gemma, yeah, sure. Uh, Dana Ashbrook as Tony. Micah Grant as Jonathan. Uh, I was looking for the the small guy. I don't see him there. Okay, um, let's do the synopsis. Who's going to handle that? I'll do it. Mark Nato. Wealthy slacker, college student. First of all, is this college or high school? Uh, you tell it's me. college. <laughs> I don't think it's college, man. Because she says when you'll he- be late for college. Yeah, she, she actually college. calls it college. Okay, I'm not sure I've ever seen a college with lockers. Yeah, cool did college. You, did your college have lockers? Mine didn't. Okay. No. Maybe, that was maybe we were, you know. Anyway, wealthy slacker college student Mark, his new girlfriend Sarah, and their friends are invited to a special showing at a mysterious wax museum, which displays some of the most evil men of all time. After his ex-girlfriend and another friend disappear, Mark becomes suspicious. What he doesn't know is that they've been made part of the exhibit by first living out the scene and then being murdered in it. Yeah. All right. So let's throw the trailer out for everyone. What do you say? Let's do it. Hit it. It's 11.45. Let's go. Imagine, if you will, an exhibit in fear. It looks a little spooky, boys. Do you think we should do this? A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. Ooh, scary. Your fascination with ghosts, monsters, and the many unearthly elements of the supernatural. Look. Now this is killer. Enjoy. Wow, the glasses from Nutty Zombies from Hell. Lose yourself in it. Do you like a closer look? Really? But whatever you do, don't step over the rope. I'm hypnotized. Hey, not so fast. Ah! Relax! Uh, a cup of coffee, we'll talk about it. I want out of here, Sarah. I'm serious. Getting scared? Do I get a pretty woman in my illusion? No. No, I get a dork. It isn't real! What the hell did you kill him for? He'd have been perfect! Children live. Hit me! We still need two more! 
Celestron Pictures welcomes you into a new dimension in terror. Waxwork. All right, first impressions here, guys. Uh, let's get Vin in. What are your first impressions ever seeing Waxwork? Oh, man. Uh, I saw this when I was pretty young, uh, obviously on television. And I don't think I was old enough to really understand what was going on. Uh, my recollection for many years was that Zach Galligan was actually like, jumping through time somehow. Like he was not, it wasn't like, it wasn't like wax museum, it, you know, wax uh, exhibits. It was actually like he was, he was time jumping somehow. Um, and that there was actually somebody chasing him. Uh, so obviously years later going back to it, I, I was corrected in that, uh, in my false assumptions. Um, but I remember thinking back then that it was fun, uh, but I don't remember thinking incredibly highly of it at the time. Okay. Uh, how about horror gal Susan? What were your first impressions of Waxwork? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> when you, when you look up this movie, it says that one of the taglines was more fun than a barrel of mummies. Um, I, yeah. I, I saw, <laughs> I saw it, I saw it a long time ago too. And so this was a rewatch after, you know, years. And everything, and you know, I think it's just one of those fun, kind of cheesy '80s yes. movies. And I, that's yep, yep. my, that's my, that's my jam. When I just need to relax and de-stress, there is nothing I enjoy more than a cheesy '80s horror movie. And this fulfilled all of that, complete with the crappy graphics of the, you know, being sucked into the exhibits and everything. And you know, it had a lot of people in it that we've seen in a lot of other movies. And that sort of thing. So it's just, I just think it's just kind of, it's kind of fun. It doesn't, fun. It, it, yes, it, it, that's what I would say. It's just fun. It doesn't expect you to come into it, you know, um, expecting a masterpiece or anything like that. It kind of no. knows what it is. And, you know, it's just one of those, you know, young kids in trouble <laughs> kind of, um, yep. you know, with, with a bunch of weird, quirky characters in it. And, and there are little things that kind of, you know, seem to uh, remind me of, you know, uh, an old Vincent Price movie or something. Just those aspects yeah, that right. they try to make about the wax work. I mean, no, no comparison to House of Wax. I mean, but just in general, like those certain little aspects to it, you know, and and um, that kind of thing. That that I just, you know, I think it's fun. That's that's my my general first impression. Cool, cool. Um, then, are you? When you said your recollection was in time, are you, are you talking about Waxwork too? Because that's the one where he's time traveling. It, it could possibly be it. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the one where he ta- travels in time. All so right. may- maybe it was Waxwork 2 that I saw as a kid, but yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Might be, dude. All right, Mark Nato, what were your first impressions of Waxwork? All right, well, this is my first watch for this uh, movie. So I just watched it uh, yesterday for the first time ever, and my first impression was this is sort of like a full moon esque that's exactly what it is that's trying man type um you know movie uh it it, i think it takes itself a little bit more seriously than say a full moon movie um it was like a mix between a full moon and and say like sort of like a friday the 13th type not saying it's a slasher but you know what i'm saying the feeling yeah uh yeah Yeah, the feeling vibe yeah and I totally enjoyed myself watching yes, this movie. I did yeah, not think I was right. going to. Is is some of the acting 
Pretty bad. Terrible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the beauty part, that's right? Yes. To love, man. Some of the, some of the camera work is pretty static. And, Absolutely. And, and I'm like, okay, why are they just focusing on this huge shot of six people sitting in a bleacher? Can we like see some close ups and some facial expressions? I'm not sure. And then we get like, you know, 30, 40 seconds of slow mo football tackling. I'm not sure what that was about, but. Once it got into everything, first of all, it was awesome to see all these people that I recognized yes. in this movie. Um, and then, and once it got into it and the story, I was like, this, this is actually a pretty, pretty neat and cool idea. Now, is it the biggest budget, you know, best thing that they could have, uh, you know, they, they did the best they could with what they had. You know, could it be better with a huge budget? Yeah, of course it could. But the idea, the plot, and everything, eh, not not bad at all. Yeah, dude. And I and I will agree. Just something to put on and have fun to. Not not you know, kind of like turn your mind off. Yep. Well, I'll get right into my first impressions, and it's, that's exactly what this movie is to me. It's that comfort food. It's that move, that type of, you know, it's in our horror genre. It's that type of movie I just could have on. It's in my rotation every year. I have to watch this movie at one point. And this goes back to the good old killer flicks days. Um, I remember getting emails from so many people like, please do waxwork while she pick waxwork. Um, so I, I knew if I would put that up as, uh, it was kind of like, uh, <sighs> When I put it up on Facebook as someone to pick it, like I kind of knew it was gonna win, and no matter what, <laughs> so I did it anyway. Um, and wow, it killed every other movie I put up. So I knew people wanted to hear about it. But first impressions, man, uh, this is one of those classic VHS store movies. I bought it, uh, I rented it as a blind buy, and it's one that I stole. Changed the case out. That always worked. <laughs> uh, and I, I still have the VHS to this day. Um, oh my gosh! And oh my changed God. it. Up. Yep, changed it. Changed it. Probably like the Lion King or something. Uh, case. Um, and and I just absolutely enjoy this movie. All the different. Mo- I mean, it was right up my alley, man. As a young horror fan, all the different monsters, the cool kids. I mean, it's everything I wanted, and it just has that pure nostalgia love for me. So that was my, that's my first impression. So, all right. Let's get into uh, some likes here. Uh, who, who wants to start this one off? Uh, let's say, uh, Vin, how about you, man? Uh, I'll start off right from the very beginning. Um, yeah. I don't entirely understand why Benny Goodman is playing in the scene. Because I don't <laughs> yeah, think this, this yeah. is supposed to take place in the 1930s, this scene, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Um, but for some reason, we have Benny Goodman sing, sing, sing going while some guy's you know, his head is getting put into a fire. Um, yeah, and but it was that fun. Cool? Yeah, it was a fun juxtapos- <laughs> juxtaposition of like music and the visuals. Even though yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I don't know when this is supposed to take place at all. I have no idea. But yeah. what is going well, on? But but think about it, Mr. Sandman and Halloween. Come on now. That's right. Halloween, that's right. You know, Halloween too. Yeah, but that's. I mean, this is like. No, I, 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 I know, but, but that's because they're letting us know we're gonna murder. have I mean, so much like fun. Joyous. They're letting that us was, know we're gonna have fun. You guys. Yeah, that was a pretty do. good. Yeah, that was a pretty tone. good head burn for the rest of the movie. <laughs> that was a pretty good head burn. Yeah, it was, dude. Yeah, I was like, hey, we get a kill. Uh, we get a kill right at the very beginning. Right How can that not be fun? Yeah, let's know what you're in for. That's right. Uh, yeah, so right off the bat, you get that, um, you get the tone, you get the feel, you you know you're in for a little treat here. Um, how about Horror Gal? 
What do you have? What do you like? Okay, well, I come on. I mean, just the just the whole thing. I mean, as soon as what 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 I love in the in the beginning when when they're first going to the waxwork place is like the two kind of punk kids are like the ones that like, no, we're good, peace out. Like we're yeah. we're just we got a creepy vibe. We're leaving. So it's like the two that most people watching would expect. They would be like, yeah, we're going. It. They're like, no, we're good. We're good. Can't do that. Um, just nope. that they did. They did some some uh, little things in there that that were just kind of I don't know, funny and interesting and and um, well, my number one like is just that the the way the movie starts and I love that. People can call it cheesy or predictable or whatever for the ending, but it was just cheesy fun in the end. So I like I I loved how they opened it and how they closed it. I just thought it was fun. Um, and as bad as those weird graphics are for going into the the wax um settings, yeah, I I still like them. So do I. Really like them, and I thought it looked cool still, even though it was, you know, completely it, just, you know, beginners type CGI yeah. or whatever. But there, there's but worse there's, things in the movie than those graphics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. special effects wise, I mean. Yeah, I mean the the acting is not the greatest. The, everything's not the greatest, but it didn't matter. It it was just it was fun, and I liked um what's his name? Um, hang on, let me find his name. David Warner. I thought he did the waxwork man good. Oh, yeah. That I guy mean, is a man. He, he really, you know, oh, and then uh, what's his name? I was like, why do I know that guy's face? Like, I never forget a face. And I don't know his name um, right now off the top of my head, but I looked him up at the time. Um, and he was the guy from uh, uh, that 60s show, The Avengers. I think that's the same guy. I had looked him up or something. No, you're right, Susan. Yep. You're right. I don't know his yes. name, but you're mm-hmm. right. He's from The Avengers. Yes, yes. And so, you know, just little things like that where when you're watching and you're like, oh, this is cool, you know. And and I thought the practical effects they did look pretty cool, like the mummy. I mean, I, I oh, that was a cool pretty, mummy. I thought it looked pretty cool. You know, it wasn't just your typical like oh, wrapped mummy. I mean, he had like the dripping and and, it, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. I, you know, there was a lot of aspects of it that I just think are just just. B movie fun times. It's like the classic, just like you said, Walshy. It's like the classic '80s movie, the warm fuzzy, you know, comfort food. You know, it's just yeah. It's I I don't know. I just think it's fun. I no, I totally get it. And let me hop in because um, like if if I were to ever want to make a movie, it would be like all right, all the Universal monsters. Let's update them and let's get them all in one movie somehow. And the director, literally, his first thought when making a movie was, um, yeah. I want to get the last 10 minutes, which is the best part of all the Hammer movies, uh, which is yeah. like when the mummy goes crazy and the blood starts coming out, the vampire, the blood, the werewolf, the blood, and let's push them into this world where it's the last 10 minutes of that movie where the deaths happen. And I yeah. thought that was brilliant. I um, did, too. And right? the black oh. and black and white. Oh, the Night of the Living Dead? When he went in, yes. When he, But when they actually changed the whole thing to black and white. Literally, you know what I mean? yeah. It's like where they could have done that with a mummy or something like that. But they actually made that decision to do that. I thought that was so cool. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah you I love that. this is made for horror fans. Oh, yeah. I love that uh, severed hand trick. That, that, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, yeah, and it <laughs> even comes back at, at the end there. But yeah, that's I, I what like I love. how it starts off. 
<clears throat> yeah, I like how it starts off the werewolf. Um, it was just a really cool way to like um, make this make make a world where we could see all these different monsters. And I thought it was pretty cool the way that they did it. Like the wax museum and this mu- magician from back in time had this curse. Um, and you get pushed into the setting, you literally become that the part of that setting in the real world. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, really and fun. I, you just know, fun. It, it's you know, it's an out there type of idea, and that you know they've yeah, got to have they've got to have what is it six, uh, six souls or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. They yeah, need, the well, they six. needed they needed six more. I don't know yep. how many they had had because they said the police chief said you know that there are a lot of missing persons. That were already in this waxwork place. Yeah, there's and, like 14 uh, missing kids in a, a week or yeah. something, he says. Yeah. So they needed six more, and then th- he could unleash them on, on the world and end the world. world or whatever. You know, yeah. why do you want to end the world? Someone's got to do it. That's right. <laughs> it's just, um, but I, I love, I love the fun of this movie. That, that, uh, that whole premise of the different monsters and the different scenes, uh, definitely, you could tell these guys were were huge horror fans, right? I I, I read somewhere that uh, originally they wanted Jason Voorhees, oh man, to be one of those uh, scenes, and they couldn't get the rights. That would have been amazing. They also wanted uh, the thing to be oh. part uh, of of it, and couldn't get the rights. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a like a love letter. To to monster, so yeah, that that does fit in with our monster palooza, even though it does, it's technically yeah. over because it's like all but, in one. It's all wrapped up in one. That's why it's so much fun. That's why I just keep yes. saying the stupid yeah. word fun. Take a drink every time I say yeah. fun, people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a perfect oh, word. Here's another one: is they they he wanted to do um five of the children from Village of the Damned. That would have really? been cool too. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> white hair, white eyes, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. But. Okay, I like and I, f- I feel like we should give props. I'm sorry to interrupt, but um, I did look up. His name is Patrick McNee, and he yeah. was in the Avengers. That's it. Yeah. And um, it, I I thought he was he was really good in it as well. So. No, what? Which one was he? Was he Hulk or Thor no, or Iron Man? He was Man? Sir. He was Sir Wilfred. He was the. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> was I can he now I get Loki? it. Loki. <laughs> Because I was scrolling on my computer, so it took <laughs> to sink in. <laughs> no, not Hulk. <laughs> no, um, no, not the Hulk. <laughs> I'm just jerking your chain. Captain you know what America. I? <laughs> I thought it was a really smart way to do. It was like a hidden anthology. Yeah. Yes, it I thought that it's very, very vignette. Right. Uh, driven. A smart way to do like an anthology. Yeah, I got that in my notes. <laughs> yeah, not awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I, I, I'd um, really, I'd really like to see this remade. Do I think it? I, I think it could be. Down. Yeah, I think it could be really good given the proper budget and everything. And I was really um, impressed with. And I'm, a, I'm not saying all the acting in this movie was great because we've already said otherwise. But I was surprised all of the people that I recognized. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. What do we say, Zach? Uh, what's his name from Galligan? Galligan from the Gremlins movies, and and he probably should fire his agent because when you're in Gremlins, I you know, know what I'm saying, and like, it, which is basically the biggest movie of that year, uh, or one of them. It's a Steven Spielberg movie, and then your career just like, I don't know, is it him like making? 
bad choices. I'm not sure. I don't sure. know because he went Didn't on he to do Gremlins too after this. He did, but yeah. I mean, it, without Gremlins, it's basically Gremlins, Gremlins two, and then crap. Right. This yeah. this is probably yeah. the best movie that he did besides for Gremlins and Gremlins too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm not sure. He became the Steve Gutenberg of horror. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, Steve yeah, Steve no Gutenberg. Even Steve Gutenberg did Cocoon. I mean, come on. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But he he was um, he was cheesy in this. Yeah. Uh, n- not as not as good of an acting job as he does in Gremlins, but that's probably direction. Um, you got. Uh, can I just say this? Two hotties. Oh, dude, got, the women got, are gorgeous. You got Deborah Foreman. Gorgeous. Who who's known for Valley Girl and April Fool's Day? Fool's and Day, yep. My chauffeur, which is one of the eighties, the most eighties eighty movie I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and then you had Michelle Johnson. Yep. A, a hubba hubba. She is. Oh, I love I love her. And, and and I know her from Blame It on Rio. Yep. Which which I wore that tape out. Yeah. Because, no I, because I used to. Because yeah. I used the to bikini? pause it. Are you kidding I used, me? I used I used to pause it. And what about Death Becomes Her, man? Yeah, yeah. So really, really uh, two actresses that were uh, mighty fine to look at. And they they didn't do too bad. I mean, I think a lot of it was, you know, this was the first movie that the um, director had written and um, directed. So I don't, I don't think the dialogue was all that great to work with, you know, but, uh, you know, I do what I want when I want, and and just you know just lots of different little one-liners and stuff. I don't know, <clears throat> but um, yeah. And then I I want to give a shout out to uh, I can't say the name right, but Michu Mazaros. He was the the uh, the little person. That's two it. Foot That's nine. the name. And and he was Alf. The cat won't fit in the toaster. He was really? Alf. He I played, didn't he, realize he, yes. he was Alf. Alf. Yeah, he played Alf uh, in the 80s. So uh, he was also in Big Top Pee Wee and Warlock, the Armageddon. And, you know, he, he was he was one of those uh, little people that, you know, basically you needed a role. This was this was he was like the original. What's that guy's name? That's in uh, War, War, Warwick Davis. Yeah, yeah, Warwick yeah. Davis. Yeah, Warwick yeah. Davis. Leprechaun. You know, he was. Leprechaun. Yeah, he was like he's like the original, but he was he was in uh, he was a member of the Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey Circus, and mm-hmm. uh, he he lived until he was seventy six, and it says here his hobbies included drinking scotch and smoking giant cigars. There you go. <laughs> nice. <Hey. laughs> so. Yeah, he he was a little he was a little over the top in this movie. There's little there's little bows. Oh yeah, and just his dialogue. <laughs> yeah, and it was hilarious how they had him in contrast with the real tall butler that reminded me of Lurch. Lurch. Yes. Oh my yes. god. Dude, yeah. you killed me, Mark. Yep. What? Because I, I'm saying the same thing. He was so like Lurch. Yeah, I have Lurch written down. <laughs> <laughs> I expected uh, him to go, you know, or something. Yipper. Um, dude, it, it's just one of those movies that. I think I kind of went over it already, but start to finish, it's something I watch all the time. Um, so I really could go through a little bit of everything. Does it have its problems? <laughs> For sure. But I think it's all part of the charm. It's, it's just char- yeah. the charm to it. Um, it is charming. Well, charming, right. And I really, really, really like the way how 
even at the end, even like how we clearly got a lot of Universal monsters, we even get kind of the villagers and townsfolk to come um, mm-hmm. to fight back, just like in Frankenstein and all yes. that stuff. You know, oh, yeah. and the absolute insanity at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that, just like can, brawl. <laughs> some of the Wilford's armored wheelchair. Yeah, yeah that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And one of the one of the worst choreographed fight scenes oh, I've <laughs> ever awesome. seen in my life. It is so cheesy. It is so cheesy, but so funny. I love it. <clears throat> But yeah, yeah. Uh, but you guys, I know this is kind of like random, but okay, you know in the in the vampire uh, scene, I really where, like that scene. where she yeah. yeah yeah where she's running around okay, and they're in the white room. She turns up the light, you know, and it, oh, your fiance's down here yeah. with his bone exposed and all that, which was pretty cool practical effects. Um, yep. But they they do that whole scene and everything, and all it made me think of was also this era film from the eighties, Once Bitten. With Jim yes. Carrey and Lauren Hutton, yes. where they had the all white room with the vampires and the yeah, it yeah. just reminded me so much of that for yeah. some reason. Was, I don't know which one happened first. I don't yeah. remember, but oh, I, I tell you what though, that scene I was cracking up every oh. time the dog oh, yeah. leg. It was a little, oh, yeah. it was a little slapsticky. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, okay. it was intentional, but I was yeah. cracking up, man. It got me. I, I chuckle quite a few times through this film, man. Yeah, and you know that is one of the was one of the bloodiest scenes. Uh, it, it got cut multiple times by the um, MPAA. Well, you could tell. Yeah. Look at the end of the scene, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, there's blood. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why. That's why they had chose a, a white room. I bet you is to contrast that. that Probably. Blood. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, let's just say it, it was. It's it's fun in the exact same way as uh, like a Peter uh, an early Peter Jackson movie. Yeah, it's fun. That's, you know, that's you got is, yeah. grabbing heads and crushing heads and. People exploding and you know the, the, the acting, yeah, the dialogue. Yeah, which one? Which one? Which vignette was it where the person um, got completely ripped in half? That's the head crush. The werewolf. The, the werewolf. Yeah, the werewolf. He, Is it the werewolf? The head yeah. And he rips the whole body in half. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. And, I like and that. by the way, the werewolf was John Jonathan Reese Davis. Davies. Yeah. It was. Yes. I mean that guy's mm-hmm. in Raiders of the Lost Ark and Lord of the Rings. He's a he's a well known actor, but of course you would you couldn't tell it was him. I mean, right, the, right. Uh, that wasn't like high dollar. <laughs> that made silver bullet uh, werewolf outfit look like you know American Werewolf in London. <laughs> I still love that werewolf. Oh, it's still it's still pretty cool. He had it's the, great, yeah. You know, for what it uh, is. All right, I'm just gushing over it. Uh, anybody want to mention anything else for the likes? No, I don't. I don't think that. We need to go on. I think we got, covered we said, it. Yeah, we yeah. got our fun out of this, right? Yeah. All right, so uh, I'm going to hop in with the dislikes first, and I got to say, it's been a problem. I think it's just the way the movie was recorded. The ADR, the audio. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, the God. audio is terrible. <laughs> the lip sync is absolutely atrocious in some of the scenes, man. Um, mm-hmm. The just the ADR, the way they went over it, the uh, it sounds like they're in a completely different room, or the levels are way too high for one part, or way too low for one part. Uh, no nat, it's not natural at all, and that's a technical problem with the film. Um, and that always stuck out to me, even when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I thought now, it was like t- kind of like that Godzilla where they Americanize it and the lips yeah, are moving, but yeah, there's yeah. nothing coming out, you know. You have you have the Vestron video Blu-ray? Yeah, that's what I reviewed it on. And it, and it, and it's still that way, right? Yep. Not something not something they fix. No. Nope. Yeah, I could tell that you could tell that there was a lot of um uh after the fact recording 
Yeah, that's and, what and, it is. And, yep. and thrown in and in the booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was a little distracting here and there, but I think it kind of matches the just the complete goofiness of the movie. Yeah, no, it does. It does. Yeah. Um, and I'll just name one more and let you guys take over. But uh, <laughs> how bad were not one of these wax people when they were on camera could stand still. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. The, axe. the guy with the guy with the axe right off the bat, you guys. Frankie, yep. you axe. see them breathing and everything else. <laughs> yes, the axe was like on their wavering. Ass. Yeah, well, I mean, how hard would that be, though? No, I, I mean, know to but do that, but still, but that's direct. That's the director's fault. Like, I know. You like, have to, like the director you have to get like two yes. seconds of them not moving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's bad. That's that's just another technical thing that they didn't look at. Um yeah. does it ruin a movie for me? Absolutely not. It actually adds to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it it's part to of it. it. It's hilarious. Because you're looking, you're like, Oh look, man, that dude's that dude's uh, moving. <laughs> okay, um uh Mark, what didn't you like? Uh I mean a- apart from what you just said, uh, as far as the um JDR and the, the, the yeah the the, the the port you know uh, the, some of the camera work was pretty static and and yeah kind of not not very creative um, some of the dialogue was just I guess beyond cheesy uh, I mean there, there's there's things to pick apart and dislike but it, there's no use to because I'm not I'm not holding this to a standard that's you right know, that that this is just like one of those cult classic goofy, you know. Hargo, you said this came in a pack, and what are the movies with it? Slaughter High. Wait, I, I got it out so I could remember. Uh, oh, there's a I mean, bunch of good ones. To, Ghoulies. To, to mention it because I I'm glad that you asked because I had intended on just wanting to throw this out there to people. There's this is an eight movie pack and usually when you get these kind of DVDs, I mean let's be honest, they usually kinda suck. Um and there'll be only one good movie on it or whatever. But if you do like eighties horror and you do like some of those B movies, the cheesy fun, um this does have a few of them on it. Um it has waxwork, it has nine seven six evil two, it has Ghoulies three, Ghoulies Go to College, which I need to finish watching. I know. High five for that. The Unholy, which I have not seen. Which Ch- is Vestron's releasing now, believe it or not. Oh, they are? Right. Yep, oh, that's a great movie. Yep. Oh, well, then I'll definitely watch that Check one. Check it and, out. Um, Chud 2, which I've seen. But uh, the Chud. Ch- <laughs> Chopping, Chopping Mall, which is one of my yes. 80s. She's tastic favorites. Um, killer Robots, I like to call it. Um, and uh, Slaughter High. And then the last one is uh, Class of 99, Class 99, of 1999. Which is another awesome film. And that one's yeah. good, too, yeah. so It's one of the so best you, DVDs you could buy. And it's yeah. like five bucks, I think, or something yep, like it that. Is. I, yep. I don't know, but I didn't pay hardly anything for it. It was either $5 yeah. or $3. So yeah, the if Lions you see it, pack. it's called a Horror Collection um, 8-movie pack. Uh, yep. I definitely recommend picking that up. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all those movies that, you know, she listed and stuff. It's right on par with those sorts of movies, kind of tongue firmly in cheek. Um, and, and I'm not going to sit here and bash it. Uh, again, it's the guy's first movie that he wrote and directed. Uh, I think for that, uh, pr- pretty decent job, uh, to make an entertaining movie. Yeah. Yeah. He went on to do, um, uh, Vestron's releasing, uh, the pack. Uh, no, help me out. The War- Warlock series. Yep, yep. Yep. 
uh, there's this one, there's one scene where you, uh, that blood scene down in that white room, you can see the set wall come apart. Oh, really? I didn't <laughs> oh, notice Oh, I it. missed that. Yeah, yeah you can see yeah. it shaking and it finally comes apart at the scene. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what else? What else? Uh, Vin, you have any, uh, thing for dislikes, man? Um, my main thing is that, you know, uh, the director uh, was Anthony Hickox, right? Yeah. Hickox, yeah. He he wrote the screenplay in three days, and a lot of times you can tell. <laughs> I, oh, there's yeah. there's things that are introduced into this script that I they don't go anywhere. I'm not sure what they have to do with the rest of the film. Um, you know, in the very beginning, we see Mark, and he's just whining about caffeine. You know, he's just this, this spoiled brat. <laughs> Drink it, your milk. Yeah, it it doesn't play any part in the rest of the film, really. No, it has you know, to do um, and we keep on they keep talking about dictators. Yeah, it's <laughs> the history professor is teaching about fascist dictators, and by the way, he spelled fascist wrong on his board. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but you know, it's he he, he has his uh, he, he has his maid write the essay for him. But there is a cheap. I love this quote. When yeah. He reads it, he's yeah. Out the I think I think dictators are the bad people. They have the shouting <laughs> voices and the small mustaches. You know. <laughs> I'm like, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, David Warner's character. He doesn't want to take over the role. He wants to end pretty it. much bring an end to it. So mm-hmm. I don't understand why we keep hearing about dictators in this movie. Yeah, you know, and things like like Sarah's thing with the Marquis de Sade. Why is she so into you know what's with her yeah, fetish of being what? beaten? I don't Where understand. Do it doesn't. From? It doesn't contribute anything to the plot whatsoever. <laughs> it could. I mean, so, if, if one of the wax, if one of the wax scenes would have been Hitler, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. and then something, exactly. you know, at least give us a dictator. Yeah, tie <laughs> it in, in there. <laughs> tie it in somewhere. But it, it's just it's just these random elements, and I can see somebody like kind of writing something over a three day period and forgetting to go back and make connections, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah well, or like, like or how a character like completely changes by the time they're done writing and they don't realize that they have to put in some kind of arc for them. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's just it feels like that. It, it feels like a film, you know, something that was written over, you know, just a few days and he was forgetting what he wrote in the first day. But by the time he got to the third one. Uh, so anyway, it, that's that's also part of the charm, you know. Yeah, no, it is. Um, it, but still, it's it's there's some flaws. And well, you know, we had mentioned that there's some really good uh, practical effects. There's also some really bad. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. some of the makeup isn't great. And man, Tony's wig when he's oh, in that epic. werewolf oh, scene. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, that wig is so bad. Yeah, it's almost half off. <laughs> I know, but again, if if you yeah. want a good laugh, yeah. You know, and I'm not sure. Fun. I'm not sure how that's I would. That's how I would react to basically going through like a a portal into <laughs> like. Why, man? Dude, this did they put acid? Did they put acid in my drink again? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute! I gave up drinking. You know, I mean, this is one heck of an illusion. Oh god! Well, how about like some? Some of them are aware that they're like pushed into this world, and some of them aren't. Yeah. Why? Why are some aware and some aren't? I don't know. I, yeah, I love well, the. Uh, uh, what's her name? I forget her character name. Uh, you know, uh, her. Uh, oh, China. China, yeah. when she goes into the vampire one, she just doesn't even really take much of a pause. She's like, oh, hell, I'm in a Here beautiful dress. Okay, <laughs> let's do let this. Me, I got a sexy vampire yeah. right there. Let just, me eat some steak I'm, tartare. Yeah, I'm oh. just, I'm going to do it because he's very refined because she kept complaining. She wanted someone that spoke French and all this and whatever. So she goes in and she doesn't even act bothered in the slightest. And I'm like, 
okay, maybe that was just a little bit of yeah. underacting there. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like this isn't weird at all. At all, like well, it does. It, it does make you wonder when you're watching it. Like, does she remember who she actually is? Yeah, you know, well, she, I know she was kind of. You wonder vamp- figure out whether or not she actually yeah. knows she's China or not. She right, was yeah, under like vampires, his spell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's what I was gonna say because vampires have a spell that they cast, kind of like a siren does, and that sort yeah. of thing. So I, I guess they were just really taking that to the next level. No, but, but, it, <laughs> it, but it was immediate. Like she didn't even like she stumbled through there, and she was you know she wasn't even like whoa what's what's going on? That's what I mean. Why am I wearing this huge white dress? You know, but uh, craziness. Let let's. You want to do some trivia? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do. We got a few pieces of trivia before we uh, go ahead and rate this thing. Um, the effects artist was Bob Keen. You guys know who Bob Keen is? Yeah, he, he, he did, did a lot uh, of stuff. He did a lot of stuff in Event Horizon, The Neverending Story, Highlander, The Dark Crystal. Um, Some great yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh, he was one of the modelers. Uh, in the original Alien movie, but he was uncredited. So uh, he did some special effects in Nightbreed, Hellraiser 3, and the classic Children of the Corn 2, uh, <laughs> the final <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> I like the Unfortunately, like, <laughs> it wasn't the final <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, because there's isn't there 10 of those movies? I'm not sure, but... Well, I think so. Yeah. Uh, and then um, we said we'd mention him again, Kane Hodder. Has an uncredited role. He's the uh, Frankenstein's monster. He's the yep. one that's he's holding the girl in his arms. Yep. Um, which is a really weird looking Frankenstein. Again, yeah, not great, not not crazy. great makeup, but uh, that's interesting that it's Keen Hodder under there. Um, what else? Oh, the um, uh, Karen Schaefer, who was the lady zombie in the graveyard sequence, was actually the secretary of the executive producer and oh. fellow zombie Dan Ireland. So they're like, hey. We're producing this. Let's be zombies. That's right. Um, one of the cool things is the the way they did that severed hand is they filmed it in reverse. Um, oh, yeah. That's a great. That's cool. Oh. Yeah. That was kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, it does say here that Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, and Donald Pleasance were all possibilities for the cameo role of Sir Wilfred. Oh, wow. Uh, but didn't happen. I'm no. Sure they did. I'm sure they didn't have the budget for that. Yeah. Yep. 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 And um, what else? What else? I think I think that's about it. I think that's about it. Oh, Deborah Foreman, who was Sarah. Um, and can I just tell you, '80s hair really does affect the way a girl looks because <laughs> she looked kind of weird with the '80s hair, and then she went back and was that her? She was getting whipped, right? Yeah. yeah. Was that her that was getting whipped? Yep. And, and her hair was all wet and stringy, and yep. she looked hot there. Yeah, she did. I was like, yeah, baby. Love it. But, uh, <laughs> but she was dating uh, the director, Anthony Hickox, and uh, they wanted her to come back for the role in the Waxworks too. but they had already had a messy breakup, so she said no. Yep. So there Very- you go. Very good. All right, guys, let's get into our ratings. Um, Horror Gal, what do you give Waxwork? Uh, Well, you know, it's no coincidence I'm giving this a 9 out of 10 because it's just fun. And, yeah, it's not perfect. That's why it's not a 10 out of 10, like Halloween, whatever. We all know that I have, like, 
massively high standards comparing my my very favorites and everything but i just think it's super fun and it's not perfect in any way but if you want something that is just you know 80s cheesy b horror movie fun times and you know like you were saying that actually incorporates like universal monsters without being universal monsters all all of them within one movie which really makes it cool to me um, you know, it's just, it's a good time. So I definitely recommend watching it if you are any horror fan, especially if you love 80s horror, if you love um, horror comedies, you know, I mean, you're, you're probably going to dig it. And um, I think it's definitely one to own because it's, it's got good rewatch value. You know, yep. you can just have everybody over during a Halloween party, have it as one of them that's playing or whatever. It's, you know, it's got that fun rewatch value. Very, very good. Okay, uh, Mark, what do you give Waxwork? This is a hard movie to rate because it's not a really good movie. Like, it's not well made as far as, uh, you know, all the technical aspects. But again, it's cheesy, it's fun, it's good times. Uh, if you are a fan of 80s movies, you will, you'll probably like this. And I would say it's worth getting. Um, I would say fun rating, I'd say probably eight, eight and a half out of 10. But technically, this is like maybe a six out of 10. But you, you meld those two together and you get yourself like a, you know, seven and a half. It, it's, 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 it's a good movie. It's worth, it's worth checking out. Okay. Very good. Uh, Vin, how about you, man? Give your rating for Waxwork. Well, it's funny that you say it, Mark, because I actually gave it a seven and a half. Uh, it, <laughs> it's, you know, again, very, very imperfect, uh, but it's still a fun homage to classic monster movies, and it's definitely a film that was made for horror fans. Uh, and it's it's one, I, th- I think it's a good, like, Halloween party movie. You know, if you got yeah. people over for Halloween, just throw this one on, you know, you, you'll be able to laugh at it, and it'll be a good time. Yep. It's like a greatest hits. All right. Um, I, it's very hard to rate this one as well, technically, but this is my type of movie. Uh, if you guys know me at all, you know, this is right up my alley. So, you know, it's like with an asterisk on it, but I'm going to give this an eight and a half out of 10. If I was going to give it a technical score, I'd probably give it a four out of 10, to be honest. Right, right, right. I mean, uh, you know, it, but that's not what this movie's for looking at. That's not how you're supposed to look at this movie. It's not made for that type of eye. It's just not. It's made for me. It's made for a horror fan. I mean, so I'm going to give it an eight and a half out of 10. It's an, oh, get the Blu-ray once again. My collector coming out in me. Vestron released a double pack with Waxwork and Waxwork 2 Lost in Time. Um, amazing vintage features and a huge set of new features. Uh, it's, it's like the perfect package for a nice cheap price. Uh, so pick that up from Vestron, guys. Uh, support that company. They're coming out with some great stuff. Uh, so that's going to do it for the review of Waxwork. Okay, let's let everybody know what our next episode is going to be. I know we have another special coming in. And Mark Nato, I want you to uh, expound on that. So tell everybody what your picks are and what are we, what are we doing. All right, well... Once a month, uh, we usually do two episodes per month. Once a month here in the summer of 2017, we are going to be visiting the Horrorcast Drive-In. And that is going to be basically a uh, an homage to the cheesy, great, sometimes um, uh, 
so bad they're good. Sometimes just plain good uh, sci-fi horror movies that people would go see in the drive-ins, most likely in the 50s. Uh, so we are going to do one of those every month. And this month we will be talking about The Blob. That is the original The Blob. What year is that? 50? Anybody know? Ooh, you're killing me. I'm looking right now. The Blob, 1958, yeah. starring Steve McQueen. Uh, so if you have not seen that, check it out before we uh, uh, review it. And then we're going to talk about some giant ants, them, from 1954. Uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll, um, we'll see what other, there's so many of these movies. We'll see what uh, the other uh, hosts come up with, but it's going to be fun and cheesy. There'll be some cool retro commercials and and clips. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Awesome. Okay, guys, let's get our plugs in here. Um, Horgal, where can the people find you? Oh, um, okay, so Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Horror Amino, Google Plus. I'm Horgal Susan uh, on uh, Gmail is Horgal Susan at gmail.com and YouTube is Horgal. Um, or if you're pulling it up, youtube.com forward slash Horgal Susan. Okay. Uh, Vin, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at the revenantreview.com. Um, on at Twitter, I'm at Revenant Review and I can be reached via email at the revenantreview at gmail.com. Very good. Okay, Mark Nato, where can people find you, man? If you're feeling frisky, you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash horrorcastofficial. You can also Twitter, uh, Twitter us. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at the HCast. And please email us if you uh, still do the email thing. And it's askthehorrorcast at gmail.com. Okay, and for me, you can find me on Facebook under Walshy Horrorcast. Uh, sometimes I'm on under that or my regular name, uh, Larry Walsh, simple as that, um, or through any of the links uh, Mark just said. And I want to give a shout-out, of course, to the Phantom Podcast Network. Um, we are partners with them, and there are some incredible shows on there. Very happy to be with these guys. Uh, and if you want to check them out, do that, please. It's at downrightcreepy.com. And that's going to do it for this episode, guys. So tune in next time. And thanks for listening to the Horror Cast, where it is all killer, no filler. And remember, stay scared. I'm all alone It's me and I'm all alone Why did everybody leave me? Nobody likes me so they left Nobody likes me so they left 
Why did everybody leave me alone? Everybody wants to leave me alone. Why does nobody want to talk to me? Why does nobody want to be with me? Action! The fact that, like, a movie even gets made is a miracle. Yes. Most people thought we were just nuts. I think it's going to be really distinctive. It's disgusting, like carry levels of blood, like very gross. It's the trippiest and scariest horror movie I can think of. The umbilical cord of this fetus is attached and bursting out of Maggie's stomach and then dragging her behind, which is just utterly a horrific image. <clears throat> I don't think I slept well that night after seeing that. I don't have a fucking clue. This is not just a, a horror movie. It's pretty hardcore. So in 2011, we were wrapping up on uh, the movie Father's Day, and uh, Steve and I had just moved to Toronto. We felt like we had kind of done a lot of like tongue-in-cheek stuff. We talked a lot about making an actual horror movie. We talked a lot about the Silent Hill games. The horror is cosmic, and it's so big, you can't really wrap your head around it. I like the idea in horror of sort of the unknowable. I like the idea of building a story around that. Jer was texting me title ideas. Then you sent me The Void, and it just clicked for me. It made me think of The Fog. It was the one title that I sent that I was like, yeah, this is okay, I could live with this. You were hooked on Eclipse for a while, but I kept telling you that's already a Twilight movie. <laughs> After coming up with the idea, uh, we had this opportunity to pitch the film which gave us like a hard date, which we had to hit. We didn't have like a script for it or a plan. I knew that I had effects that I wanted to try. And so that was kind of the origin of it for me, was just thinking up gags that I could do that would look cool in a minute and a half long trailer. We didn't really put any money into it. So it's just whatever I had lying around and whatever was in the shops that I was working at at the time, I would you know, funnel materials out to build our creatures and our gags. We doubled up, uh, like, our disciples to make it seem like there was a parking lot full of them, like, just basically scraping the bottom of the barrel. The, the robes, the cultist robes, it's just something, I think I did a sketch of it, I showed it to Steve. It was almost like a vision, like, almost like automatic writing, it's just sort of like an intuitive thing. And then Steve's friend, Devin. Yeah, she's really the one that kind of added all the little flourishes to the robe designs that actually totally. made them so I just drew so a blob iconic. with a triangle on its face. She actually gave it some structure. The proof of concept went over really well when we pitched it. Uh, I feel like it got a really strong reaction right out of the gate. The first time I saw the proof of concept teaser at Frontiers, I mean, I was completely blown away, and it was pretty evident that so is everyone else in the room. And then we had to write a script. It was bonkers. Everything that they wanted to do was absolutely off-the-wall insane. I just think that we didn't know what small meant when we were writing it. We just assumed, oh, well, it takes place in a hospital, like... We're not going to space, so I guess this is a small movie, right? When you're trying to make a movie for a little bit of money, as opposed to no money, it actually becomes a way more complicated process. There's a lot of stuff uh, in, I guess, our first draft of the script that we ended up cutting out just for budgetary reasons. There was more monsters originally. I think we lost 
two of them. Well, one of them uh, kind of evolved into one of the creatures you see in the movie now, the Allison monster. Um, but it was originally a lot crazier and bigger and, yeah, more of a set piece. Most people thought we were just nuts. It was incredibly dark, and a lot of people were just afraid of it. On indie films, you're struggling to put all the financing and get the money together, and then when you do get it, you just want to take off and go. Because it's so creature effects driven, it needed a lot of prep time, uh, and it required a lot of materials and work to get the creature stuff ready. We turned to Indiegogo and the public to raise funds in advance. The outpouring of support was tremendous. If you're watching this, you may have contributed, so thank you. Yeah, man. We initially went north to look at a decommissioned hospital that I knew was up in the Sault Ste. Marie area. And upon getting there, we found the perfect spot for the last half of the movie. Um, it pretty much was everything that the guys wanted. When we were looking at the abandoned hospital, uh, we were only going to use that basically for a few pieces because there was no power there. Our location scout up north uh, took us to a high school, and I knew within minutes of walking in there that we were going to use this not just for the, the hospital, but it was going to be our, our studio. Where you have your production offices, you have your creature shop, your sets are all located in one space. Production designer Henry and I uh, took many trips back up and Henry created so much concept art to really drive home what he and I were seeing of the space. Henry did a great job with the initial designs. He came here and scouted the school with us when we first saw it and took photos. And he then takes those photos and puts them in his computer and actually paints right on top of them. So they translate perfectly to what's here in our environment. So it's very easy to see what he wants. When Stephen Jair saw all of the sets there illustrated out in the environment that we had available to us, they were sold right away. We had to cover, build fake walls, to do anything to hide all that, that locker business and do it economically and, and do it in such a way that it just didn't look like just a sheet of drywall. Our art department did so much with so little, and all of the people working with them, it was just, it was really impressive to see. The most challenging build has been the temple. It is most definitely the biggest build, and we've taken over what was the smaller gym to do it. And it's a magnificent set. It's 60 feet long, 40 feet wide, 17 feet tall. We've dressed that all out to look like concrete. It's wood and foam uh, that's then been acetated for texture and then base painted in four colors of uh, scenic dripping to age it. There's 25 gallons of paint on the walls. That's a, that's a lot of paint. That set is like a perfect encapsulation of ambition because you just you don't do things like that on tiny budget movies. The uh, lead up to the production in, in August was, was crazy. I mean, Steve had been working for three months straight around the clock in the creature shop on one side of Toronto. And at the same time, Jeremy is up in Sault Ste. Marie with the art department trying to put all the finishing touches on the set and getting all the detail that we know is really important to this movie. And I was trying to cast up the movie. All three heads of the Hydra were in different locations. We worked our way through lists and lists of people, basically right down to the wire, when we finally got a cast into place that we were really happy with and uh, we were very excited about. Uh, you want to go first? No? Me? Okay. I read the screenplay. It went from kind of 
monster body horror into existential horror. Whoa, someone wrote a Canadian movie that's one of these. Like, this is, this is the genre. This is the best genre. You could very clearly see the descent into chaos and how things, like, slowly got madder and madder. I watched the trailer and pretty much knew that this was going to be really awesome and cool, right? They had a lookbook, so they had all sorts of, of drawings and animations about the, the monsters. And so I had a look at that and I went, okay, this is not just a, a horror movie. There's this servicing of the genre and of the incredible effects. It's not at the cost of any of the characters. Because that's what appealed to me is, is the change that takes place in Dr. Powell. When he becomes, you know, this other kind of person, as they call him, the Dark Powell. Like it, it gets inside your psyche and threatens your soul. I mean, the ultimate dream when you're making a movie is that you want the other people to be as excited as you are so that everybody's trying to make the best thing. And I feel like we really had that. And then the movie went down. Um, about, well, a, a day before we were supposed to go to camera, I had to put us on hiatus because one of our financiers had dropped out. Where did all the stuff go? We had to lock it up in the back room. We had to stop everything, unfortunately. Oh, back to square one. It took a while. Uh, it was uh, a lot of hard work, but I found some new partners uh, who believed in the guys and I as much as, as the, the team that was behind us. And um, we put it all back together. And then the movie goes down again. So at this point, like, we have not shot a single frame of the movie and we'd spent something like almost a third of our budget. I mean, it bought us some prep time, which was great, uh, especially for some of the creature stuff. Uh, but we lost shooting days. Uh, we're forced to basically just have 20, 11-hour days to shoot this whole movie, which was a pretty, Ridiculous. pretty daunting. Oh, another day on the void, you know. Right, Do you mean you guys travel up to reception at the top of the hallway? We're going to block. Okay. Awesome. Let's do it. Thanks, guys. LLZ. Let's do it. LLZ. There were no average days on this movie. We, you know, we have very fast shooting days. We had a shot list for every single shot uh, in this movie that we immediately threw in the yeah, garbage as that soon went as we out, started That shooting. went out the window. When storyboarding this movie, we essentially acted the whole movie out with action figures. Which was Steve Manali's idea, uh, and it's honestly genius. You went from shooting in a tiny little room with people talking in one moment to a big stunt with practical effects, shotguns, smoke, fire, and a creature. The necessity of a shoot, you, you have to shoot everything out of chronological order. And so many insane things happen yeah. in this movie. This movie's such a steep escalation. There's so much that goes on in this film that all of us, like as a cast, we've all had to like create like a meter of how much we are freaking out because yeah, somebody's like like Bev's face is she's cutting her face off. Like you would think in a regular movie that would be the most horrific thing and so that would be like level ten of freak out. But on this, this is like kind of one. The old cliche of like ninety-nine percent of directing is casting. That's totally true. The cast came together beautifully. They were such a dream. 
and they really gelled with each other too. Totally which was nice. Like on a movie like this, you got blood and action and all kinds of shit happening, and so to have people actually kind of like, you know, coagulate into a little family. Uh, it's really nice to see, and that's what helps you get through the like horrible process. Is everybody kind of being on the same page, helping each other along? Right. The cast really like took it upon themselves to do their homework, add nuance to their characters. So they're not tied to the script, and they're not uh, you know precious about it at all. Uh, they're giving us a, a tremendous amount of leeway. The process was everybody get there, do the lineup. Basically, that's the rehearsal. And then shoot. sometimes we would shoot the rehearsal. Yeah, they decided to go with actor action because they want it to be more realistic, which proved to be a challenge for me because sometimes working with actors who do not have stunt background. Action! But the actors have given it a hundred percent. Didn't hold back. I actually wasn't expecting it to be quite as physical, even though I knew that there was a lot of activity and action. I feel like I'm running for my life every day for the last month. Aaron brought an intensity to this movie that I think elevated everybody else in the cast and the crew as well. He's very intense. He had this process where I wouldn't say he was method, but it was like approaching that. Kind of like to take a running start, so to speak. Before a take, we would hear him on the other side of like some double doors, just smashing a chair to pieces, like basically tearing the place apart. When everybody else around sees that, like that kind of uh, commitment and like intensity, it's almost like a lightning rod that fuels everybody to take it that seriously. <laughs> Today we were shooting the Beverly Monster. So we had a soft axe because there was somebody in there. Obviously we didn't want to hurt them. Poor Michael, who's inside this thing as like the front of Beverly, he has like Daniel and Mick like literally just wailing on him. And I ripped the top chunk of my axe off because we were just going so vigorously at this thing. That was really fun. One thing that happened when Grace uh, gives birth to the creature, um, her belly explodes and splashes blood in her face. You don't know where it's gonna go. Yeah, so I've got two cups full of blood, two 32 ounce cups, and she's on the ground and she's like, try not to get it in my eyes. Right, and, and the whole thing was keep your eyes open through this. Yeah, and I'm of course like, oh yeah, yeah no problem. So, call action. I'm sorry. It's yeah. as if Steve were going for her eyes. The beautiful thing about uh, practical effects is that they look great. Um, they work best, uh, in my opinion, like uh, above CG, whatever. They look great on camera. But when you're on such a tight timeline, they need to work f the first time through. And that's not how practical effects work. It's like a process of kind of like getting it there. And we didn't have any time. Basically, you had to show up on set with a thing, which due to necessity and due to budget had to be built to be modular and serve multiple purposes, which just means there's multiple things that can go wrong on it. Thankfully, a lot of these things worked. A lot of them didn't. That's just the nature of these kinds of effects. Thankfully, we were able to do inserts after the fact to kind of fill out some of the sequences. The special effects team is 
bananas talented. You don't really have to do anything but react to what you're seeing. It's not hard to feel terrified. This is genius. Bubble wrap. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Bubble wrap wrapped up with latex nerdies? Yep. That's, that's the genius. way to do it. And that's train. awesome. Those are your tentacles? Have, the key used to have chain in it, so it's got yeah. some weight to it. We couldn't have made this film without the school. It was an absolutely amazing resource, but it didn't come without a couple hiccups. Lost power on the second floor, or the part that we're shooting in, anyway. Which isn't great. This can't happen on any day. Yeah. You can't afford this at all. I said it a hundred times in this school. The first time we came to this school, the power went out. I have uh, Cassandra complex, where I predict things and nobody listens to me. I listen, Jerry. Steve listens. Not that that means anything. <laughs> so we get to the sequence of this collapsing bloody meat corridor, which, which we had dressed the night before. Yeah. The collapsing hall's nuts. The art department had done a, a phenomenal job of building this thing because basically going in, like I think we already started shooting before that they started making that thing, I and think it was that kind was... of a question mark as to if it could even be done. In concept, on the page, it was more of like this bloody kind of organic corridor that's like cl like sealing up on him and just the idea of that kind of build was like i don't know how we're gonna pull this off you know could we do it something in post could we do something funny camera angles or weird lenses or dolly moves i think the solution like the practical achievable solution it's something that like by all like practicality shouldn't really work it's just a matter of flats which are walls and piano hinges and some stretchy material and expanding foam, blood, gore, and guts, and a lot of manpower. We had everybody behind those walls operating them. And it wasn't just the guys building it or the guys painting it or us, the directors, and, and myself, and even you guys, the EPK crew out there. We had the office staff, we had PAs, we had, everyone was behind there trying to make that thing work and, and did make it work. Everybody got covered in blood 
Everybody had a good time. We got to crush the fetus monster. What could be better? The funny part is the collapsing hallway was at the end of an already especially hard day, which was the fetus monster fight. Right. I remember lunch that day, sitting there, looking at storyboards, and just Xing shots. We had a fake version of the fetus monster that we were going to do a, a full burn on uh, that was all ready to go. And literally, we just ran out of time. Like, there was and no we way. And made a judgment call that, like, if we go ahead with this burn, the setup time would be so long that it would basically ruin our chances of getting anything else that day. Yeah. So we decided to do it the cheap old-fashioned way with a flame bar in front of the monster and the monster yeah. writhing around uh, as though it's on fire. Steve, yeah. are you happy? Good, man. All I care about. Tomorrow we get to stay up all night. I'm looking forward to that. I like night shoots. Those days were hell days. They were some of the worst days because it was a rainstorm. You would go through the trouble of placing the wardrobe just right. The hoods are sitting nicely. Can we just pull his left uh, cuff down a bit? And in the time it takes you to run back to the monitors and call action, action. the wind has blown their cloaks and their hoods askew. It's fucking terrible. It looks like a bunch of, like, clan Santa Clauses, yeah. basically. And because of that, basically every single disciple shot in the movie is a VFX shot. For a movie that uh, sells itself on practical effects, <laughs> yeah. there's a surprising number of visual effects. We fared a little bit better uh, in our creature effects department. We put out a call for movement performers because we wanted to see what we could do to get these creatures to just look different. We got Troy's audition and my jaw just dropped. And we didn't know what to make of it. We were like, what are we, we, gotta, what are we doing with this guy? Like, we have to do something. <laughs> Seeing his video, it was like a no-brainer to bring him on. Yeah. Uh, we basically created the creature around him for what he could do. This was supposed to shoot in the summer, and by the time we were wrapping, it was December. It's snowing! Stacy, our script supervisor, led the charge and had a void themed Christmas tree made. It was uh, it was pretty awesome. Pretty creepy, but pretty awesome. There was a sense of accomplishment on the last day of shooting, getting everything. But there was also a sort of like nagging worry that, did we get everything? Steve has wasted hours of shooting time trying to fix this videotape. Well, this is our only tape. And we shot half the movie on it. I'm telling him we don't even use tape anymore. I don't know what he's doing. Tape, activate, form of movie. There's a terrifying element to it because yes, we got through the shoot, but that also meant that there was no coming back to these locations. That was it. It was surreal after having the rug pulled out from underneath us. And I know that you say this about many films, but literally at every step, there's something that wanted to shut us down completely, entirely. 
when you're on the outside or conceiving of a movie, it's just you're in a vacuum. And there's so many logistics to shooting something that the fact that like a movie even gets made is a miracle. Yes. That is a picture wrap on Kenneth Welsh as well. It was a really good group of people. I mean, I, I'm incredibly lucky that I had that many empathetic yet talented people. Their support was part of what fueled us to keep going. We're so lucky, the people that we got working on this. It's unreal. To quit much less stressful jobs on big Hollywood movies to come work on our little monster movie is insane to me. And... Uh, they brought so much expertise to the table that there was no way this would have gotten done otherwise. <laughs> you know, in the end, we did it. We have a movie. And no one can take that away from us. <laughs> it, was, it was an ambitious project, maybe a little too ambitious, but we survived. We didn't die making it, physically at least, and uh, no one can take that from us either. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> we'll put the glasses on now. <laughs> Thank you.